Welcome to episode 361 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 361 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Come see, come see. Oh, uh, we. Yeah, we, we. Was it yeah. French? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Why, why French? Where'd that come from? I don't know. I was just talking some French with Tommy yesterday. Oh, because he's learning French, yeah. isn't he? So he does his come see, come see. How much does he so learn? Well. Oh, he can count to 20, do some colours, he can do, how you, how you doing, my name's Thomas, and... What happens, yeah. John? Is this just something that happens for a year and then gets forgotten, or do you, do you uh, continue? I'm, I'm pretty into my French. No, because one of my friends, they went to, we went like, on Tebe. They're on Antibes, mm. you've been on Tebe? Been on Tebe, yeah. That's an amazing place, eh? Mm. But we went there last year, we were in Europe, and they, they'd taken their kids over for a year, just to have a, you know, OE with their kids, and they taught their kids French, and um, so the kids, they will probably maybe three or four at the time, so mm. they speak quite good French. Mm. Um, and the mother spoke good French as well, but kind of they come back and it's kind of getting lost. Yeah, you got to keep on it. Yeah, it's been fifteen years since I've been in France, and I still not too bad. Not Wait too a second, bad. we were there together about four years ago. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <whatever. laughs> I'm strong proudly. start to the show as always. Um, I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Best way to start your day. Like that? Nice. Athlinks.com. Best way to tell people how great you are. Extreme endurance. The best way to get great. Trainingpicks.com. The best way to record your greatness. And SLS try. And the best way to look great. Okay, guys, in this week's show, it's pretty much Coach's Corner show, I see. It kind of is. Well, <laughs> Coach's Corner on questions. People keep pinging me questions, so I'm going to slap lots of them in here. And I'm happy to have the questions, not complaining whatsoever. We've got, we've got news. But we've got discussion of the week, which I think I need to veto. It's not the greatest discussion of the week. You vetoed it last week. You can't do a double No, I didn't. I wouldn't have come up with the, the one you came up for last week. Some a listener did. Oh, okay, Richard. I think you must sorry. have vetoed this one a few weeks ago. Okay. John. Anyway, yes. And then we have website of the week. And basically, it's a coach's quarter show, isn't it? It is. It's questions and answers and coaching stuff. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not spice complaining. Spice it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll do the same thing. That's how you spice it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a coach's quarter yeah. session. <laughs> Got to get a few things off my chest. We did get a few comments last week about your wife swap suggestion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went down really well. A lot of comments about the blender challenge. <laughs> we did get lots of comments. I'm disappointed in my, in my challenge last week. Hey, the, 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 hey. It was legit. No, I'm not. I, who won the blender challenge, John? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, actually. My, who, my, mine was a bit of blender, but I, I didn't have the best concoction to challenge your blender. I, I, seriously, I listened to it about seven times because it was so funny. <laughs> like, like, I'd never go back and listen to the shows, but Joe came home and she goes, oh, who won the blender challenge? So... I put it on and uh, we listened to it again. We're cracking up laughing. So I ended up listening to it like seven times. It's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Um, so first of all, John, we've got some news. And news, um, we have Lanzarote coming up. And I love their pro page. Oh, uh, look, I've got to give – every year we do this, we go to Lanzarote and they just – They're doing a good job, They do a good job. And it's just – it's not a hard job, but they do it every year. It's, they've got a new website this year. That it's obviously all branded under the sort of generic IM, um, WTC look. Um but it's a simple step. So if you go to the website, you, you go into the, they've got a section with their pros. You've got a picture of all the pros, just their name, date of birth, and then a link, link off to their website or their Facebook page, blog, things like that. They used to have a bit more detail with race results, but it's just a, such an easy, simple thing to do. Yeah. It would take some, like the web person, once they've got all the data, 
I'd half an hour. Talk. Yeah. Half an hour to do. Why oh, it's interesting because a lot of these guys' names we know, and I would would have never. I would walk past them in the street, not knowing them. Yeah. Whereas now you go, oh, these older Helene. Absolutely brilliant. I've got to say, um, Cedric Lassonde, race number twenty-three. He is a spitting image of Ferris Al Sultan. He's going for the Ferris Al Sultan look as well. well the, and he's racing Ferris, so I they know. may confuse each other. I know he could be his, his sort of decoy. Like everybody will try jump on his feet at the start of the swim, and Ferris will be off the other side, and he'll go for it. That's right. Everyone thinks, oh, Ferris is going away, and it's not. Um, so well done, Ironman lads. Already coming up. We know the course, you know, tough, tough course, and. Uh, and suits different sorts of athletes. We mentioned Ferris Al Sultan there. Um, don't know if he's ever done the race before, but he's he's a bigger guy, so it'll be interesting to see how he compares on a uh, on a hilly course. Um, but you know, he, on, on paper, he's clearly the favourite. You got yeah. Ivan Karin, number twenty eight from the Russian Federation, youngest pro athlete, nineteen years old. Really? There you go. Youngest pro athlete, nineteen. He looks nineteen too. Wow, just goes pubes. <laughs> Sorry. It's a, bit, it's a low Sorry. blow. Sorry. E- Ivan Vasquez, number 29, he looks like he could be doing a bit of modelling there. He's a bit, of a bit of a smooth dude. Wait a second, where are you looking at these guys? Yeah, scroll down a bit. 29, 29, 29. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Krill Ladies. Yep. Yeah, so... Uh, in terms of the rock stars, you know, you've really got to say Ferris Sultan is is the man. Um, Stephen Bayless is there. Uh, Philip Graves is is. Uh, is he racing? Is he comeback? So that'll be interesting to see how he goes um, and whether he decides to smash the living daylights out of the race. And Bart Jammer, who I I think raced uh, at the weekend. I think well, his name will come up later on. I think he raced in Majorca and did the. Um, 70.3 there and finished in second place ahead of Raylert. So backing up a week later at Ironman, it's going to be uh, interesting. On the girls' side of things, uh, you've got Bella Bayliss, Annette Finger, uh, Helene Biedervart, and uh, it's just, it really is. Tara, Tara's name's there, Tara Norton. Yeah, I saw that. Coming back from, uh, she's now got the baby on she's board. She's And uh, so Tara, if she's in good shape, she'll be hard to beat, but... Yeah, last last year, good old Torsten comes to the party. If ever, if ever I'm in d- trouble of finding any anything at all in terms of uh, predictions and things like that, Torsten comes to the party. He's great. And uh, last year we had Victor Del Corral take the race out in 8.44 from Stephen Bayliss and Sergio Marks. Michelle Vestibu took it out last year in 9.58 from Bella and Helene Biedervart. So those guys are taking closer to 10 hours. The guys are closer to 9 hours. And Torsten's ratings has Ferris's favourite, Carol Koshigarov from Estonia in second, and Stephen Bayliss in third, and Bart Jammer in fourth. Okay, so then we go from Lanzagrotti, which have done a blooming good job of their website, to Ironman Texas. Where's the pros on that one, mate? I can't find it, Bevan. Isn't it frustrating? It's a frustrating, John. Really, really. The tension is building up inside of me. Really not that hard. But who has delivered? Torsten has delivered. Torsten has delivered. So this year's Ironman Texas, 2013, he's got his predictions. Last year's results, where Jordan Rapp took it out, just crushed it. Yeah, he did too. He won by 12 minutes over Justin Deere, and we had a close race for third with Matthias Heck, um, with only 40 seconds between those two. And then on the girl side of things, Mary Beth took it out. Um, again, pretty oh, over Catelyn Snow, mm-hmm. and then Amy Marsh in third place. So Catelyn Snow ran 2.51 last year. Outstanding. John, have they changed the course? Um, no. No, 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 don't know, but the, I, I can't remember last year if it was the US Championships or not. No, that was New York last year, wasn't it? Jordan Reps had the fastest runtime on that course. Yeah, it, it's two fifty forty six. So he's only had it there a couple of years. Yeah, but he's beaten in Lake Linus. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, Jordan Reps not known for 
He's known for a good runner, but yeah, yeah wouldn't but say he's... 246 is pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. So this year's... Um, Although Kevin Snow has run a, a 251 there. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. That is fast. That is fast. I've seen her racing in Kona and she's just like the smiling assassin. She's just fairly short and it's just like... These legs are just tucking over. She's a different build. Like Miranda Carfrey's like a little midget. Yeah. Um, a fast little midget. Yeah. Um, Caitlin Snow's a little more solid to her, and she just she just looks like she cranks and just she just mustn't slow down all day. I was writing a piece for the uh, for the press because um, I'm a commonless John, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. got my photo in there nowadays. Oh goodness. I'm sure you cut that out each week and put yeah, that on yeah, your yeah, pinboard. Yeah, yeah. But um, around helping people understand how fast the fastest runners are, and I kind of you know like if you were to jump on a treadmill and put on 20k's, how long would you last? Because that's mm. not even as fast as the marathon record. Yeah. And uh, how long do you reckon you'd last? Well, no, I, I don't know about treadmill because treadmills. Yeah, I know, but it's a good way just for people to, to figure it out. So what are they? What are they? They running? got two fifty sixes, basically. Two fifty sixes. Yeah. I'd have to train up at last a k. I, I, I'm. Well, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't think I can knock out a k. In oh, geez, I, I, I wrote down that I could do go four, five to eight minutes. Oh, you wouldn't go that fast. That's yeah. It's two k. No way. Oh, I thought I, on the treadmill I probably could. On the no treadmill way. I've done five minutes at twenty k's. Yeah, but if, if we're on the road, there's no way you could do. Two sub three minute K's back to back. Oh, no. I put a lot of money on that. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've written. Oh, I haven't, I haven't sent it in yet. I can change it. Yet. Okay, I'm going to change that in the article. <laughs> you'd, 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 you'd get if you on a treadmill. I think I can because on a treadmill I have done over five minutes at twenty K's. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But S- sub yeah. six minutes. Two and K's. they hold that for two hours and three minutes. Mm, mm. And we're really fit guys. Oh yeah. Well, we are. Joe Public. Yeah. Joe Public. You know, we're, we're animals. Well, most Joe Public wouldn't be able to keep up on a bike. Yeah. Let alone running. I might add that to the article, John. That's a good there you one. Go. Oh, man. Cool. I might put Kira of John Newsom. Exactly. Oh, man. You could be, maybe you get your photo this week. Oh, if only. <laughs> if only. Uh, this year's um, field for Texas, you got Jan Raphael, who's seated, uh, who Torsten has ranked as number one. James Kanana, Matthias Hecht, Paul Amy, and Joseph Major are your top five there. Has this lost its status, John? Uh, it's still a 2,000 point race and it's not 70, championship anymore, is it? It's not championship It's Canon and Air, isn't it? It is So Whist- Is it Whistler or Mont Tremblant? One or the other Mont Tremblant. Um, yeah, I can't remember I think, uh, I, think, I think you're right Yeah um, So The other some other names there to look out for Chris McDonald Justin Deere And uh, Aussie Brett Carter um, yeah, yeah. And also Matthew Russell down there, who you're going to hear his name mentioned later in the show. Oh, nice. So, and Rosie's down. Rosie's down. How does Rosie make money now? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, like, I think that's Rosie in his day. He was a pretty mean athlete, but he's, like, how old is he now? It's all about the sponsors. It's like, if you've got good sponsors, and if you, you know, Rosie is going to get PR and uh, in terms of social media yeah, stuff, he and he's good at getting PR. And it's like the same thing with Ferris going and doing uh, Lanzarote. It's only, a, I think it's a thousand point race and $25,000. So he's, if, he, if he wins it, I don't know, he's going to walk away with a few thousand dollars. It's like, why wouldn't you go somewhere else where you can get better prize money? But, you know, maybe his paychecks are very much sponsorship orientated and the prize money does not mean that much to him um well if we look at Rosie's results his last win was Ironman Canada in 2008 uh which is pretty awesome effort um and since since then he's kind of had a 22nd and 25th the 15th he got eighth in quarter lane and then he had a fifth in Wanaka so you know this year he had Wanaka which is good he did have a pretty bad, in- a very, very bad injury, but still. Yeah, true. So, still, you've got to be making some Great seems to out there. And he is, he's a personality in the sport, isn't he? Joycey's in there um, on the girls' side of things. Rachel Joyce, seeded number one by Torsten. Amy Marsh, Caitlin Snow, Kathleen Culkins. Um, 
I think uh, Joycey go out there and absolutely just smash them into the ground. What's well, this is the first iron distance race we've seen her do since Kona? Um, I can't remember, but she probably needs she'll need some points. So good, you know, it's good good for her. You know, two thousand point race. Um, we could see how she goes. Yeah, she's an animal. She is. She's going to crush it. Crush it. Go over there, kill it, Joycey. Kill it. 9.09, she's supposed to win by six minutes, that's mm-hmm. her expected time is 9.09, sub nine, Joycey, that's the least we expect from you. Good times, rock and roll, we've also got the Hits Grand Junction happening in CO. Colorado. Nice, mm. um, we don't have the, the list for that, but no. go to the Hits family. John, one thing that did happen this week, we had a couple big pieces, big, some big, big news. pieces of news, and uh, the Challenge family have announced that they're going into the Australian triathlon scene with three new Challenge half events being added to their worldwide series. Now, the, the Challenge Melbourne race is already sold out. Really? Yeah. So they're, they're all halves. They're all halves, they've got Challenge Melbourne, Foster and Batemans Bay. Uh, we'll spearhead the Challenge family return to Australia. All three Challenge half-distance events will comprise of a 1.9k swim, 90k bike and run and so on, together with a prize purse of over $30,000. So that's pretty awesome. The, the Melbourne one's already sold out. Yes. Um, I think the most interesting thing about this, this story for me is the fact they're going back to Foster. Um, so you may not know and, and other people may not know Foster oh, was... What, why wouldn't I know? <laughs> You haven't been around for forever. Foster was a big iconic Australian race for years. There you go. Oh. So that was Ironman Australia. I don't, know, I don't know how many years it was there, but it was there for a long time. Um, now, we're, on geography-wise... I'll Google it. It's somewhere near Sydney, isn't it? <laughs> I was just getting angry at me. I was, I was just asking. <laughs> it's in Australia. It's a small country. It's a small country. Somewhere near, near. Not much land in Australia. Yeah. So Foster was really was the home of... Um, of Ironman in Australia for a very, very long time. So a lot of history there. Now, does it have a, a WTC race at all? Do they do a 70.3 there? No. So once not, once the Ironman disappeared, it just died? They, they still had a race. I'm almost positive. Aussies, you probably pulled me up on that, but I'm almost positive they still had a race there. Um, but certainly once the Ironman left, that was... Uh, that was that was it. So, I think that what's fascinating for me is now, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure this is Macca's influence um, to a degree. So now you've got in Australia, you've got Foster, which is the the iconic location in terms of where Ironman all started. You got Rote, which is I don't know. You could argue that's where it's sort of a, a big part of Europe. Is uh, you know if you put the four or five big races in Europe, Rote would probably come out number one. Um, you got Aldmera, which is one of the longest standing races in Europe, um, probably not that prestigious in terms of um, how well it's known around the world, but big, big race, been going for a very, very long time. Penticton, um, you know, home of Ironman Canada for since day one, I, I believe. Um, they've gone into Phuket, which is sort of probably the one of the pin-up races in Asia, um, and now Foster. So They've really they're, bought the old iconic races, haven't they? It's great. And, and I think that's a really, it's a really cool move. Um, and I was trying to think, last night I was just trying to think if there are any other iconic ones that have um, that have been killed off by WTC just moving it. Um, and I was struggling, but I mean, I suppose you've got Ironman Japan, um, which I, I don't know what the old venue was like, whether it was, whether it was amazing or not. Um, in New Zealand, we had Ironman Auckland, which was re- re- really where it all started here. I can't imagine they'd want no. to go and do an Ironman up there. It'd be very, very difficult. But it was a pretty iconic course. Um, but, that but I don't think Ironman Auckland is known as legendary. It's more just Ironman New Zealand. Oh, the Auckland course was pretty legendary. Yeah, I know, but I, you know what I mean? Like if Foster, course. it's disappeared. Mm. I don't know. What's interesting, John, is it's actually below Melbourne. Oh, is it? Based on the map I'm looking at. Okay. Mm. 
So I thought it was closer to Sydney, but no, it's kind of just above Tasmania, really. Okay. Mm, so if we're go. wrong, Aussies, you just let us know. That's right. Um, so that's cool. Well, was, we're not wrong. Google Maps would be wrong. I, I just um, I'm interested to see if this becomes warfare and if they try to really go head to head on things. Like if if WTC tries to stamp them out, I really competition's great, but I just I don't know. I hope we don't have head to head stuff and trying to screw each other over too much. Well, no, but I actually think that's not a bad thing, John, because often when companies try to screw each other over, it, it's better for the consumer. Mm. Know. You know, if you think about markets where you only have one one brand or one leader, they kind of get to do what they want. When you get two people kind of battling, like in, interesting in America right now with um, internet, Google have gone into some parts of America with Google Fiber, which is stupidly fast internet. And mm. these the big companies are just trying to restrict people's internet. Google come into these towns and the big companies have stepped up because mm. no one's made them. And so you kind of go, you know, competition's often the big oh, yeah, thing no, for the I consumer. agree with competition, but it's like, you know, say say WTC goes and puts a, a race on same weekend um, and tries to make it a really big race the same weekend that they've arranged to have um, Challenge Melbourne, for example. Um, or if Challenge came to New Zealand and went and put a, a race on the same day as, as Taupo. Um, I just hope we don't get into those sort of sort of things going on. Anyway. John, what's really interesting, I don't know, I haven't got to see the other races. Um, Challenge Family, isn't it, .com? I think, I think it's challenge hyphen family.com. That's a pretty good memory there, mate. Yeah, I think. Pretty good. Because yeah. it is. And um, it'll be interesting to see the other races if they actually sell out as well. You know, like Melbourne sold out pretty much straight away. Isn't Batemans Bay like a, an amazing spot? I'm pretty, I mean, I know that name from Australia, so I'm pretty sure that's a pretty iconic uh, you know, scenery. Anyway, let's push on. Are you, no, you, you over this? Yeah. Okay. Well, have you got some more to add? Well, on their website, they've got a name for this great running group. <laughs> Based in Christchurch. Um, Two other bits of, uh, well, another bit of interesting news is uh, Ironman saying they're going to move the 70.3 world champs good around news. Um, globally. So it's going to just move from region to region. So does that happen, John? Do you know much more about this or just no. that? Okay, because I'm curious to see, does that mean that they're going to have it just at where the championship races are already? Or does it mean that they're going to do different locations each year? I would, uh, I don't know, but I would imagine they'll move it to championship races. So we like in so, Auckland one year. Yeah, in Wiesbaden in Germany, and then they'll have somewhere in Australia. Um, so I think they'll they'll keep it to existing races rather than trying to. No, but will they, will they choose like a, you know, Asia Pacific race, the Auckland mm. one? But Auckland's not Asia Pacific every year. Oh, is it not? No. Oh, is it not? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, Okay. I could be wrong. Well, no, because you kind of think that they've tried to target these big cities. You know, mm. Auckland is meant to be kind of the mm. big city race for New Zealand. And, uh, and you know, if you can get the World Championships there, that's got to be a good thing for WTC. And uh, and obviously, when there are more championship races, they have gone for those bigger city locations. So I still think it's got a few more years before the 70.3 really um, becomes quite a prestigious title. It's certainly heading in the right direction now. When it was in Clearwater, it in my opinion, it really didn't mean anything. It was just another 70.3 with a slightly, slightly stronger field. Not so much about the pros, but I'm talking more about the age groupers. But now that they've moved to a, a much more challenging course, um, I really get the feeling that it's uh, still, you know, when it's in America, it's going to be dominated by American age groupers, and then you'll get a, a selection of, um, you know, um, other, yep. other athletes coming in and, and getting there. But if you look at the results, I'm sure big stacks of the fields are going to be... Um, Americans, so John, I, I do what, think it's 
what, growing in prestige. What do you think it is that the you know the seventeen point three is the kind of the child you don't like? You know, you know, because you've got the Iron Man, which is obviously kind of appealing, and then you have um, you know the Olympic distance, which you know obviously the Olympics brings a lot to it. And seventeen point three has always kind of been that cousin who you know you kind of try to forget about. And it's just it's just new. But, it's not new, but, but it's, it hasn't. It's been around forever. And, and if anything, it's probably the best distance for your everyday athlete. Yeah, but it's it has been around for a long time, but. Um, I think in the past it has been the poor cousin sort of thing, yeah. but but in the last few years I think it's really ramping up, and I just think it needs a few more years, and uh, and it will be yeah you know, carry a lot more prestige. Do you think it needs a name change? Well, they've recently changed. Everybody calls it seventy point three now. I, I don't I don't like it, but um, it's, 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 it's just stuck. It doesn't mean much, does it? it? It's certainly stuck. You know when you. When I was writing yeah. an article the other day, you know instead of writing half Ironman, I really had to feel like I, I need to write seventy point three. Yep, but very Americanized. <laughs> Bloody Yanks! <laughs> That's John's views. I love the Americans. Yeah. I'm going to America, so John. Good. New York. Yeah. Booking it today. Coming to New York team. Whoop, whoop. Nice. New York. New York. Okay. Um, other thing that's happened, which is WCC making some good decisions, aren't they, John? They've, they've they're playing around with the swim starts. Yes. Yeah, so they've uh, they're, they're trying a few different systems uh, this this uh, Northern Hemisphere season. So at Coeur d'Alene, they're changing it to being a sort of a rolling start, where you basically it's uh, it's not like it's starting every five seconds. It sounds like you sort of queue up in your different um, time sort of corrals, and then you sort of file into the swim, and you um, which ones is that Coeur d'Alene? Coeur d'Alene. And I got the feeling it was more. You start the the gates open at six thirty, and yeah, as long as you're in the water by seven, you go. Mm. That was the feeling I got I when I read it. I thought you just sort of get corralled in there. Whereas, whereas I think at some of the other ones, it's um, you know, somebody goes every ten seconds or five seconds or whatever. Anyway, it's just, it's just it's, it is as you said, more of a just get in there and get going. And then Montremblant, they're going to do wave starts, and then uh, or maybe it was um, Placid where they've got self seated in corrals. Yeah. So I think one of the things that would one thing I'm wondering if if they open the gates at six thirty, and because what what they're saying is that you open the gates at six thirty, and the the clock starts at seven o'clock when the last swimmer you have to be in the water by seven, mm-hmm. and that's when the clock starts. So that means technically some people could have seventeen and a half hours to finish your Yeah, I think so. I mean, but that's that's affecting such a small proportion of the field. Does anybody really care? I do, John. Okay, this, well, this I cut off. <laughs> this is cut off. The cut off's midnight. Well, there's a couple. Oh, you, you talk first. Yep. Um, so I think there's, yeah, it depends what, what angle you take at this. But in terms of the, the rolling start, I mean, I'm, my, my preferred preference is wave starts. and uh, So it's fair for each age group? Yeah, the thing with the rolling starts, I think that opens up um, some unfair advantage. And, and I think that, I definitely think people would, would take that, uh, take the, the slightly dodgy road. You know, say, say there's two guys that want to go to Kona um, and they're, they're roughly the same ability. Uh, well, say, say it was me and you and we, okay. we, we thought, yep. um, right, we both want to get to Kona and let's see if we can help each other out. I'd stand on the start line, give you maybe a, a four-minute head start and so we'd essentially come out of the swim together and then we could work together on the bike and, you know, legally, yep. um, but work together. Otherwise, you'd be by yourself on the bike. I'd be four minutes up the road. So I think in terms of the the, the pointy end of the race, um, those who are racing for places and um, and for, for winning their age groups, I think it's it's not a good system. And uh, and that would deter me from entering a race like that if, if that was the case. And, um, Do you think that many people will be that organised? Oh, I think there'll be a few. No, no, not many, but 
there would be enough. And, but there's not many people that are in the running for a Kona no, site, you no. know. So I th- that's what I don't like about the rolling start. But the also know, problem with the rolling start is you, although it's pretty hard anyway in a, in a wave start or normal races to know where you are in the field. But mm. if you're doing a rolling start, you're not mm. going to know, mm. you know. Whereas you know, like when I, when I by my age group, I was watching the, the numbers of the people go by me to see if they're in my age group mm. to make sure people wouldn't pass me. Mm. So, um, and a, lo- a lot of the stuff seems to be around swim safety, um, but I think they've got to think about swim safety and how they can spread things out on the bike. And I think, yeah, but in all fairness to them, I think what they're doing is they are saying we're trying some options. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, no. for some other things I've got up is they're, they're going to have um, pre include some warm ups. So um, you can have a warm-up whenever possible, which is great. Um, swim temperature, they've clarified the swim temperatures they're going to work around. In Fahrenheit, it's 52 degrees. Anything below that will um, be either reduced or cancelled for the swim and anything above 88 degrees in the water. Um, swim course additions. Now, this is interesting. Number um, more boys on the course, which is great because it helps to um, see what's happening. They're going to have anchored resting rafts to be strategically placed along the swim course. Now, what's good, interesting about this is that, so they have a raft, you can, if you feel like you're struggling, you can sit on this raft or, or at least weight yourself on the raft, mm. but you do not get squalif- disqualified if you do that. Yeah, but it's the same as if you're going. Yeah, no, no it's good, yeah. it's good. Um, increasing the professional swim course personnel to enhance overall athletic experience, athletic experience, and additional oh, rescue boats. Means. Well, that, that probably means more people out there. Okay. Probably more people on, you know, what are those schools? Skis schools. And the pros don't need that. No, but no, no, increased professional swim course personnel. Oh, okay. Mm, mm. And then additional rescue boats and personal watercrafts, so kayaks and stuff like that. So, you know what? We've been talking about this a lot recently, and it's one of the subjects that kind of, that's been the big subjects of this last few months, and it uh, seems like they're responding in a good way. Yep. Yeah, good See how it works out. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, what other piece of news we've got here, Jonbo? A uh, couple of 70.3s from the weekend. Brad Carterfelt finally smoked a race in Australia running a 110 to take out Bustleton 70.3. And I'm not sure if it's an error, a timing error or not on the part of the um, on the results page on Ironman.com. But Liz Blatchford took out the race um, in 4.19, and, but, but it has an age group of Rachel Smith yeah. taking out 4.17. Now, I don't know if that's right or not. But no, it is. They started um, five minutes behind the pros, but... I struggle to believe that she can ride um, eight minutes faster. No, because someone sent us an email about it. What is yeah, it but they may have just looked at the results. No, they again. raced. They raced. Aussies and, they, and, and the guy, oh, and that's, okay, you keep talking. Yeah, <coughs> this is true. That's an, Liz Blatchford, is, she's she's bloody good. So I'll be very interested to see if, um, if that is the case. And if it is, hats off to Rachel Smith because uh, she had a pretty solid race. Anna Ross, Kiwi. So much for, a good race you didn't even believe she did it. Mm. That's impressive. Yeah, so very outstanding. Um, Anna Ross, Kiwi, lost it in the swim. She basically uh, rode the same as Liz Blatchford, ran only about 10 seconds slower, four minutes, four and a half minutes in the swim. Cost her. Anyway, good result though. First year pro, beating some good Aussies. Well done. Yep, love your work. Um, we had a 70.3 in Mallorca, and over there we had a Nico Lanos taken out. Um, That's from, interesting, from isn't it? Yeah. He's in third place. Um, did come down to a bit of a foot race, but good on uh, good on Lanos for taking it out. It was, I think it was Bart Jam was in second place, and uh, Raylut was only in third place. So that's a that's second. Um, Raylut just beat Trevor Wirtle recently but that was a pretty close race and uh this time he's third so slightly slower start to the season than well you and you would argue that Ray Luke pedigree wise would arguably be better than Trevor Wirtle yes you know like, I think Alana's pretty sharp oh no Alana's but like yeah. you know like Wirtle yeah. and, and Alana seems to be having a good year 
mm-hmm. you know, so he seems to be kind of coming back into the frame of things. But hopefully maybe um, maybe uh, Raylet's taking a slightly different approach this year, you know, trying to get himself right for Kona and maybe not worrying yep. quite yep. so much about the other aces. Problem for our sport, you can't read into it, can you? Yeah. Uh, Lisa Huthala from Austria took out the girls from Von Van Vlerken. Tamsin Lewis, nice work, fourth place. Nice. But she got beaten by 54 seconds by the other POM, the Gossage, Lucy Gossage. Jeez, the POMs, there's so many good POM triathletes. Mm. POMs, you're too good. Come and uh, live in New Zealand for a bit. <laughs> in the POMs again, taking out the ITU. It was in Yokohama. Um, Jonathan Brownlee crushed all the guys pretty convincingly on the run. Got in a, it was a bit of a breakaway on the bike. It looked like pretty tricky conditions uh, and then crushed them all on the run. And Gwen Jorgensen... Love the way that she runs. She uh, doesn't get into any, sucked into any of this, slamming the first K. She sets off at her pace and then just runs through the field and smokes them all. Really? And she trusts that and it works? It's, it blows my mind how people can't trust their run in, a, in an ITU race. So yeah, just, but when, you, when you've raced in a race where everyone's going for it, what do you do? Do you let them go away? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I, don't, I think I'm going to win and they're blowing up. <laughs> yeah. No. I just, I just do not get it. They just... People just go out there. Yeah, but there is something to there is something to competitive edge that takes you to a level that you're yeah to to a degree, but and it's going to be in the right moment in the race when you're going out three minute k for your first k, and you're probably going to be running a a thirty three or something like that. It's like they usually go out faster than that. They probably go out like two fifty five for the first k, and if your average is going to be three minute twenty, it's like man, get a grip. Okay, John. Yep. Tim Hemming sent through some stuff and he's just saying that 19 finishes on the podium for Jonathan Brownlee. Oh, yeah. His last, his last 19 races, he's now finished on the podium. Yeah, no, he's awesome. He's pretty awesome. And the run course, he's saying um, 29-21. Oh, yeah, just don't, yeah. Well, three men finished under 30 minutes, John. Yeah, that's just not. Given the right. number of dead turns and the caterer to the finish, the course was clearly short, but according to the race commentators, it was measured with the wheel three times. All right. Supposedly a more accurate measure than GPS and the method used officially by course markers in athletics and came in at six or seven metres over the 10k every time. Oh, nice. So clearly they are doing something wrong, but given by how much focus there is on run times these days, course operators really need to sort it out. So apparently they, they tried hard to get it right mm. and apparently, so maybe they are running that fast. Mm. So, yep. Nice. Yep. And uh, just a couple I t- of. I take it back. Take it back, John. Also, uh, dominance of the Brownlee's giving others up to 70.3, a huge numbers now. So he's wondering, is that going to happen now? Brownlee's is just killing everyone. We want to bugger this. Let's go 70.3. Jan Ferrando is. Jan Fredino. That guy too, yeah. Yeah, Jan Fredino? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me what you know about Jan Fredino. <laughs> he didn't he win the Olympics? Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, he's, he's now announced he's f- finishing his ITU career and he's going to focus he? on. Yep. And in Madrid and Hamburg before targeting Kona it's 2015 oh. so you know why why Brownleads are dominating yeah and then uh, Tim Hemming's got sort of another piece here ugly winning on his 35th birthday racing as an age grouper Antonio Colum do you know who he is I mean, uh, with that pronunciation I don't <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call um, fourth overall in 70.3 um in um, the one with Mallorca, Mallorca, yeah, yeah, but, um, phenomenal. He biked the 209 two minutes faster than Andrew Sakowitzki and uh, and seven minutes quicker than the winner of Elenco Lanos. You know, he was a Spanish cyclist and he has been done for drugs in the past <laughs> <laughs> and been for two years failing a test in 2009. Also, drugs cheat Lisa Hut, 
Hetzler also won the ladies. A few of the athletes citing Brett Carter and including Brett Carter and Tamsin Law as vocal on Twitter in their animosity, which obviously she's been done for drugs as well. She had. I thought that name, I, 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 I didn't do my P's on that, but I was pretty sure that her name had come up. How do we feel about that, John? Do we go, do, does it need to be harsher sentencing? Two years, you know, as, as an athlete, two years ain't that much in your career. If you're at the peak of your career, it is. Um, yeah, but you cheated. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. The, the, the one area where I feel sympathy for is the people that got busted um, unintentionally taking drugs. Say you're taking Coldrex or something like that, and should they get a four-year ban? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's murky water, John. I, li- I do like the rule that if you get busted for drugs, can't go to the Olympics. That's quite a big... Uh, Ever? Yeah. Is that coming out? Well, they tried it and then it got busted in court, but they're trying it again. Who's who's defending it? Sorry? Who's defending it? What do you mean who's defending well, it? Well, who's going to court saying we should stop that law? Uh, well, no, the athletes that have been busted. Oh, they went to court and defended it, did they? And they went in and, and got it overturned. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Guys like Dwayne Chambers from um, the UK and stuff. So, yes. Did he get done, did he? He did indeed. And was he a cheat? Yes. Well, bad luck, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> No, maybe they need to say in the future from this moment forward this rule happens so people know. Anyway, sponsor John. SLSTry.com. Um, I had an email through from somebody the other day um, complaining about the cost of uh, international shipping. They were going to get an IM Talk. Um, oh, big mistake not getting it. IM Talk tri suit or something like that. And then, and I think the shipping from SLS was, was like 30 bucks or something like that. And. Um, and so I said to Sebastian, what's the deal with the international shipping? Um, and he says, look, we're doing international shipping. We have to send it um, so it's tracked because things get lost. And I know from experience with our bike jerseys, we lose quite a few bike jerseys <laughs> when I send them away. And it basically just wipes it out. When we've got tiny, minuscule profit margins on the jerseys, lose a couple, it's like, bugger that. Yeah. Um, and so he really said that, you know, that, that it's pretty standard on a lot of the American um companies that you know they've got to send it by tracking otherwise things things get lost and they get slammed so that's basically the deal if and, and if people are wondering why that is um it is because they want international track and trace so things don't get lost if you want to get something um just sent over to you and if you've got a friend or something in the states they've got free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks and if you want to take the risk of uh getting lost in the post just get it shipped to someone for free and then they can just chuck it in the post for you so he just wanted to make sure that, that was clarified so people didn't go on the website and get angry that's the reason for it and um and when, then when i went onto the website yesterday lo and behold new slstry.com website looking fancy wait a second say again it's new, oh. they've got a new website oh have they okay yeah. pull up yeah Oh, I wasn't actually listening to you. So. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I'm doing your trick. SLSTry.com, let's, let's have a look. Here we go. And uh, so nice, nicely sorted out. And, and I've got to say... Oh, it is looking flash, isn't it? I, I go to this, they've, they've got a limited edition, um, some limited edition stuff they've put in their, their sale cart. Sort of a nice red, grey and black oh, tri-suit, cool. girls and guys. Um, check that out. They're going cheap. 150 bucks. Nice. Got our I Am Talk gear up there, and they've also got Well, these. no, John, you actually want to get compression bibs, half price. I know. Wow. I know. Compression bib shorts, only 110 bucks. Nice. Uh, got the I Am Talk gear up there as well. Um, and remember to use the code I Am Talk on everything except for the I Am Talk gear because that's already been uh, discounted. And uh, check it out. Free shipping, anything over 50 bucks. And Generally, when you buy an item of clothing, it's going to be over 50 bucks. Got some nice new socks as well, girls. Purple-coloured socks. Or guys, if you want to wear some purple. 
Yep, that's if right. That, if that tickles your fancy. One thing you can do as well, guys, is you can actually go to the international distributors if you want to as well. So mm-hmm. on that site, you go to dealers and like say, for example, you're in Australia mm-hmm. and you go to easysports.com.au and you can get some SLS gear from there as well. So, Or if you're in the Czech Republic, you can get them through Pete Vibrusik. Oh, can you? You can. Oh, good old Pete. Oh, that's yeah. good. Make him some money. Yeah. He works hard for his money. Yeah. Okay, that's our sponsor number one. Okay, Jombo, so we're going to talk about discussion of the week, and I'll pull up the website so you keep talking. We had some great, um, some great comments this week. I was scanning through them last night, and lots of people put it, and lots of new names up there, which was cool to see. Oh, well, let's give them some love then, John. We'll, we'll give them some love. So the, the question really was, uh, who did it come in from? It came in from Richard Soares, and he was really saying, you know, the, the rumour is that there's going to be um, an Ironman race in Boulder. And, uh, oh, that's a great question. And, and he lives in the area and he was having a debate with his mate as to whether you'd pay 750 bucks to do a local race going over the roads that you, you normally train on. And so I will kick it off, Bevan. Um, Joe Coombe, no, then that's why we're going back to South Africa. $500 entry fee versus staying at home in Melbourne, $1,000 entry fee. For two of us, the money we've saved on entry fees is paid for eight nights accommodation in Port Elizabeth. Yes, we've got flights and all that sort of stuff to pay for, but it's uh, very much becomes a holiday. Plus, the South Africans think it is sacrilege to draft. They virtually don't need um, technical officials over there. Oh, really? Unlike Melbourne. Oh, well. Andrew Gale has got no pay 150 for a local 70.3 hits race. Um, I really hope I'm in bubbles burst. They've got greedy. I just don't want to have to remortgage the house. Yeah. Uh, Neil F- Neil Finn, uh, Ironman Melbourne is my local Ironman and it is overpriced especially when you go to the awards dinner and the after party and get given a hot dog and a pie and one free beer then you start paying through the nose for drinks $9.90 for a cougar and cola is a bit rich even at a nightclub let alone a party which you have paid to go to what is it this is the after party yeah what race is this melbourne Nine bucks for a drink. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing, cool thing about I hate that. Especially, yeah, when you've paid to go there. Well, no, I just hate it when people have an environment where they can control and then they, they practically rape you because they know they can. Yeah. It's like hotels or, you know, like airlines yep. and stuff. When they just, it's just stupid pricing because they know they can get away with it and it's actually just poor form. Yep. No, I agree with that. Um, that's why Kona's good. You, know, you go to Kona and, and you can only go up and at the prize giving, you can only get. Two, two or three beers at a time. Oh, but if you've got you a few mates on, here, you can make it work. Yeah, you can keep on going back. It's great. I have like 20 cans of Coke, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Lee Pari, he's got my local long course, would be the Seltman Extreme Tri, albeit four hours drive away from the experience and the organisation, then yes, I would spend the equivalent money. As most say, I spend my money on uh, to go to a venue and experience that new location. That's why I'm doing Barcelona, Challenge Barcelona, um, and Challenge wrote this year and for both entries I will spend 700 euro so for both races including flights hotels it's less than $1,200 for two well organised races on closed road events David Barrett takes a slightly different angle to this which is kind of cool I'm opposed to travelling by air to races at all but I'm an environmental carmudgeon um, I choose to race local over having to travel on principle that's nice. Yeah. Pete colson has got a different view. He's got, I would drop $1,000 on a local race, on a local Ironman. As others have said, you save money on flights, car hire, food, parking, accommodation, um, and putting the dog in the kennel. However, doing a local race, you really miss out on the holiday feel. You don't get all the usual visits for swims and riding the course with friends in the few days before the race. The race comes and goes without you feeling like you did it. Sounds weird, but it's what Ironman Melbourne feels like. Oh, but you could get online coaching with some money you save. Exactly. There's a thinker for you. <laughs> He's a good man, Nick, Peter. Yeah. Uh, 
Oki Goway, for my family, part of the excitement experience with Ironman is the opportunity to travel to a new destination. I figure if I'm going to commit nine months of sacrifice of myself and the family, let's make a new place that we've never been to and enjoy more of the total experience. Albeit a local race would eliminate the need for lodging and rental, but I have a hard time shelling out 750 to race on a course that I train on every other weekend. Yeah, Mark Zanker's got... Um it's not whether I would pay, but whether the market would pay. WGC have the Ironman brand with their most prestigious race in the world, Kona, which allows them to charge a premium. I think it's probably too much, but I reckon the market will ultimately sell out any WTC race. Love your show, guys. Thanks, Mark. Uh, another, another one here. Uh, Jane... Arkansian um, yes I would and the interesting part about this love your show always listen to it while I walk my dog he loves it too before I did 15 minute walks now I often do up to 90 minutes say hello to the dog give him a pet give yeah. him a pet stroke Craig Kurtwood uh, we do it every year here in New Zealand I'm just, I just said Craig Kurtwood's name because he, I, was, I was doing some, um, that article I'm writing for the marathon and I was looking at old results, and Craig Kirkwood's photo was in there mm. from the results of the Christchurch Marathon. He's obviously a legend. He is. <sighs> My last one, Mike Robinson. Um, this, I thought this was quite funny. Depends how local a race we are talking about. If it was the Manawatu Man two champs, I would pay a hundred bucks max. <laughs> Even that is pushing it. But obviously, for Ironman Taupo, Auckland, etc., yes, I would do many, as many times. Um, for Manawatu, for a lot of people, is is a, is backcountry New Zealand and. And it blew my but didn't, didn't Brad Bevan say that's what blew my mind that's what made me laugh about that was when uh, Brad Bevan went to New Zealand what's the name of the place I was thinking of it's in the Man of Two he did a race here didn't he oh the Man of Two's Masterton and stuff isn't it I don't know where's the, where's the horse job? racing place in North Island yeah yeah oh, lost that one but sorry, Brad, sorry, Brad Bevan went there. Yeah, it was just tiny hick town. And it was a race there, right? Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, Rob Eplin, I'm just going to finish this as on. No way I could explain to the family that I'd spend that much on one day that was just about me. So it's, it's a good fair call because, you know, like I said, I think, you know, a lot of us who don't maybe have family, we forget the cost of doing, like, you know, you have to admit mm. last year that Auckland race was one of the costs was one of the things that put you off. Yes, yep, yep. You know? Um what about you, Bevan, if we had the Ironman Christchurch? I think it's something you'd do once. Mm. You know what I mean? I think you would want to – I actually think, for me, if, if I was still doing Ironman in a big way and they said we're doing Ironman Christchurch, yeah, I'd definitely do it once. But I think you'd only do it once, you mm. know, for me at least. You know, like I think it'd be that whole, wow, it would be cool to do this on your own course. And then you'd do that that first year and then next year you go, wow, well, we really want to pay 750 bucks again to do it. You know, think of the coast to coast. People in Christchurch, yep. lots of people do the coast to coast every year and it's – it's kind of, it's not necessarily on the streets of Christchurch, but it's kind of a local race. So I, I think a lot of people would. I think I probably would once, and then I'd probably go, okay, I've been there, done that. I want to have an experience outside of my city. Yep, totally. I mean, for me, I think, it, as Peter Colson rightly put, um, firstly, you should invest all your money in online coaching. Um, yep, so, that, so that maybe you could have an, a year of online coaching and do your local race yep, and, then, right. and then drop the coach and go off and do some offshore ones. Um, but I'm with you. I, if, it, if, if we purely look at it from a Christchurch perspective, that, that you'd need to make it a pretty unique course to get me out there to start with. Oh, you could if you made it a hard course. Oh, yeah. No, if we, you put we some hills in there. An awesome course. Yeah. yeah. Really cool course. I'm, uh, Christchurch is a great city to set up an Ironman in. Yeah, but, I, but I'm with you basically. I do, do it once, um, but after that, you, you do lose that experience. You get you wake up and race morning in your own bed. It's not the same. Yeah. And you come home at the end of the day and, oh, I mean, I suppose you can make a good party out of it. It'd still be a cool experience, but 
would I want to, you know, if, if, if I wasn't budget constrained, then, which I am, 750 bucks, I would struggle to pay that year on year. But it's a good point that Peter brought up is that, you you know, a weekend away, any race is going to cost mm. you. Like if you go away for a weekend away, oh, yeah. you're normally dropping at least yeah. 500 bucks. Yeah. And so then you think, well, if, you but know. you're getting more of a, you're getting, yeah, there's getting a better more value, experience around getting, it. Yeah, you're getting a whole weekend away. I'm just looking at Ironman New Zealand right now, just seeing how much you have to pay to do an Ironman right now because it's been a while since I've done one. Like $7.95. $7.95. $7.95 is the early bird rate, and you have to get that done by August the 31st, and then mm. after that's $1,000. Mm. So, and there's a processing fee of $40, which I get frustrated <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. Just just put $835 down. Well, just, Yeah. So thousand dollars. So yeah. So you are. It's it's an expensive day at the office, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely not a poor man's game. Our sport is it? It's not, but it's just a deal. It is. It's a deal. deal. There's plenty of choices out there though these days. Plenty of choices. Mm. This week's awesome uh, discussion of the week is if there was one single. That is, just wait a second. That's a great photo of Bevan Doherty winning, isn't it? Oh, on the business he's the man um, this week if there was one single thing you could do to try to make the pro race at big Ironmans and we're talking here Kona so Kona, Frankfurt or Melbourne um, more exciting what would that be so examples would be <laughs> it's such a bad question he's giving examples already allowing for draft leads. <laughs> don't we wait till next week to answer this <laughs> I'm just giving examples. I'm not giving my opinion. I'm giving examples. Allow it to be drafting. Do a handicap start. Things like that. Maybe have a, have a handstand race. Yeah, just We've just got to get off these Mickey Mouse ones that you put up there. No, because I thought my one, I was, I was, I was having a shave last night because I shave once a week. Once, once a fortnight. And uh, I love the fact that I don't have to, you have to, you have to shave. Well, I, if I was working a regular job, I'd have to shave every day. How often do you shave now? Every three days. Why would you have to shave every day? Well, you got to look the part. Hmm. I love the fact that I don't have to worry about how I look. Anyway. Shows. <laughs> I'm not denying it. Look at me. I'm like a mess. But I was shaving last night and I noticed more nose hairs are coming out my nose, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I was just, and I was thinking, wow, I'm getting old. Yeah. You know, like it's, it was one of those signs I'm definitely getting older. Yeah. And I thought the question of the week was, what was the first sign you had that you're getting older? Uh, oh, grey hairs, I suppose. Well, no, I don't know, but there's a, there yeah. was a discussion. Was that great? Oh, we're not putting that up on there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you getting grey hairs? Yeah. Do you dye your hair? No. Are you grey hairs? Just, just one or two here and just pluck them out, but I'm, I'm on the way to grey. Are you really? Oh, yeah. My mate Jeff, he's real grey. He dyes his hair. He's only our age. I'm not bothered by it. Well, you pluck them out. Yeah, but that's just because it looks silly when you got one, but if I went full grey hair, it wouldn't bother me. Wait, how long do you think it'll be? Five to ten years. Really? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 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 I'm, going, I'm receding at the front a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Jeez. A little bit. Take a photo. Get your buddy Mac working over there and take a photo of yourself. <laughs> Face up to the truth. Oh, good times, mate. Now your sale ends tonight. I'm on. I'm on Athlinks.com here, Bevan. What do you? What's my sale. Uh, Air New Zealand is advertising. Got it on Athlinks oh. here. Sale ends tonight. So we're going. What Midnight. we're doing? What we're doing is we're going. I got to go to Florida, so I'm doing a day's work in Florida. And then I'm meeting Joe in New York. So mm. James Wise One Botel, you need to hook me up with some good New York. We've apparently got lots of New York listeners. So New York mm. listeners, we need to know not just the, the typical tourist things. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't need to know. You need to know. I'm going to put a Facebook question up. What should Bevan and Joe do in New York? On your private page. No, no. On, on the <laughs> and you, anyway, and if you're putting a camp on, what do you put on your page? Ah, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and then I say, what should we do? And we want a few local things to do, not mm-hmm. just the typical, which we want to do the Empire State Building, all that kind of crap as well, but the local things. We're going to Vegas, John. Oh, Vegas is good. You, you've been to Vegas, haven't you? Oh, yeah. You're a bit jealous about that one? Four days in Vegas? Yep. Yep, that'd be quality. You should maybe give me that money that you were meant to put on that bet that other time, and I'll put it on when I'm in Vegas. I'll do it. And then we're going to spend a few days in San Fran. I've never been to San Fran. San, San Fran's Fran? nice, yep, yep. San Fran's nice. You've got to go down to the uh, down to the wharfs and you've got to get your um, sourdough bread um, thing and then they put uh, seafood chow- clam chowder inside the bread thing. So you eat it, eat it out of your, your bread bowl. Oh, so it's like a bread bowl and there's food in there. Yeah, so soup, eat your soup out and then you eat your bread bowl. Does the bread not like... Get, no. Really? Yeah, it's quality. Wow, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. I'm definitely doing that, John. Yeah. I'll bring on the USA. Sponsor, John. Athlinks.com. And what you could also do is go onto Athlinks and you could look up the New York triathlon clubs or, or go on there and find find athletes in, in that area um, you could also go on there and book your Air New Zealand sale click on that button and give them a give them a, a you could also join a really good running group in Christchurch you could you could um, what was I going to say lost my train of thought Bevan Athlinks what were you going to talk about John you had, you well I've just been checking out local people I've got um, Jeez, lots of people like them on Facebook Yancey Arrington. Now, John, Yancey Arrington. You always talk about Yancey. He disappeared on us on, on Sunday, and I thought his name popped up here, and I went on to athlinks.com along the bottom. It's got members near Christchurch, Canterbury, and Yancey was on there. So I just thought I'd go check out Yancey. You need to update your profile here, but Yancey, last result he had down there was I'm in Herman Memorial, Texas, 7.3, 442. It's pretty decent. He doesn't have his JD duathlons. Well, I never knew who you were talking about when you talked about Janssen, but then Janssen made a comment on the blender, ch- Yancey on the blender challenge saying yeah. that you were going to dominate. Yeah. <laughs> Got that one wrong, Yancey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I know Yancey. Yeah. Is he still, is he still in the <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm, maybe I'm spreading rumours here. <laughs> don't know. I thought they were maybe kind of holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> nice you made that public. <laughs> I'm wrong, <laughs> but that's that's the associate. Or at least I met him through Nicolette. Is a nice way of saying it, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, so there's lots of things you can do on Athlinks. You can buy a Mitsubishi on there at the moment. Um, <laughs> ten a diamond advantage. Five you're years. Looking, you're looking at the ads. He's trying to get us to click on the ads. Yeah, click on the ads. Whenever you go to these sites, uh, yeah, definitely make click, the money. Click on the ads. Any 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 website you're on that you like, always click on the ads because it's how they make their money. But but that's one one thing that I, I use it for is, is is and Mac is a great one for this the old competitor analysis you know you go in there, type in their name if they're on there it's going to have their full list of results you can figure out their strengths and weaknesses I can go in there and dial in Yancey and and know exactly where to nail him in the race and that's not on the bike um, but it's in the swim and you can who's just, this Yancey, oh not swims swim not so strong, nice um, bike pretty strong. Um, so you can use it basically for competitor analysis and the main thing I use it for though is keeping all my results in one place and from a coaching perspective I find I'm using it more and more for for, for checking out athletes that I coach is going back and trying to find their results say they did Lake Placid in 2009 or whatever it's just rather than trying to scroll through um, WTC sites and all that sort of stuff they've got them, all their results in one place so that's awesome well, what's really cool is Hayden like Hayden Godsex Gold sex, gold sex, yeah. Um, he's from Auckland, John, and so you can kind of see people who are in your country or in your region. And he's mm. done, and I've gone on here. He's really into it. He's got lots of results up here. He did Ironman New Zealand. He did it this year, and he did a ten fifty three. Then he did Auckland seventy point three, a five oh five. He's done Port Tauranga four fifty one. You going to come and watch me in uh, Taupo next year? I have thought about it, but there's a bit of a financial commitment just to watch you do a race. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be watching. W, okay, the IMM New Zealand people, if you can give me a job to do, maybe get me to do voice work. 
I'm pretty good at that, I'll, John. I'll hook you up with that. Yeah, I'm pretty good at voice yeah, work, yeah, don't I? You yeah. do a hotspot corner for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, if, I'll, if, I can, if I can do something where maybe I'm a bit more than I If there's something to do, I'll, I'll do it. But otherwise, uh, yeah. can I crash at the place you're staying at? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so it's a whole experience of the weekend for me. You know, I've got to get away, get away from the kids. Oh, you're not seeing the kids? I would take the kids. Belinda, Belinda had the kids once at a race. Even at a sprint distance race, she just about goes mental with the kids. Uh, they would struggle with a with an eight hour forty five uh, event. Hayden Goldsack, he did the Auckland Marathon. Didn't listen he, that one, did you? Yeah, no, eight hour forty five. Oh, nice, mate. You, you're talking it up. You, you're definitely doing the Mecca's theory of just put, telling everyone else you're going to kick butt. Oh yeah, you really have because. Yeah. Talking a big game, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Talking a big game. Did the Auckland Marathon in 331. Huh? Nice work. So there you go. If guys, get on it. Do it now. So what would the Oh, but then but then he did a 314. So 314 there. So what was his time in Ironman New Zealand? So we had because this is going to lead on to cope one of the coaches' corners questions. So 1053. Yeah, what was his run time? Oh, I need to pull up, I need to pull up the actual Auckland. I'm just going overall here. Let's have a look at Hayden Goldsack. One of the topics that I'm going to be coming on to is uh, we have a question. Oh, he did, he did, he did um, 356.35. Ball Pretty consistent race, really. He swims for 114. A little bit slow, but that's okay. Boke, um, three, I mean, sorry, 536, and then ran sub, just sub to sub four. Nice. It's just so, a part of my case study there. You're doing a case study, well, you know, and when, and when I come to my question here, I'm sort of saying that you know usually people are between 20 and 30 minutes slower at Ironman than they are in their fresh marathon. So he's just just a little bit over 30 minutes. He slower. got 26th overall in his age group. Nice work. Which Dino Gaskin took out. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Jason Shields took second, and Jared Newman took third. So athletes.com guys, so you can just kind of get lost in this world, can't you? You can. Yeah. Just ramble. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, anyway. get, get, brace yourself. Here's the feature of this week's show coming up. Are we going to coach the corner? Yeah. What kind of music do you want? Ah, uh, you choose. Okay. Well, we I've got Darth Maul, Olaf Darth Maul Schweider. That sounds kind of electro- so, electronic, doesn't it? Or Star Warsy. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Coach's corner. Take two, you guys. We, we we just done the best ever coaches corner, didn't we? We did. We solved all the coaching problems ever. We need Apple to sponsor us. Oh, I'd love Apple to sponsor us. Yeah. Although we've got a few Google listeners. If Google wants to give us some free gear, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll definitely do it. Yeah. Exactly. Google, if you want to give us uh, some, you know, some of those Android computers and and phones, or the apparently. You know, phones and stuff. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this this uh, got a, a number of questions to get through. So Olaf Darth Mal Schweider, and I gave him that nickname. Um, oh, it's a problem when you take two, John. It doesn't work. No, but the problem was John actually had a bit of some movie trivia. Hmm. He's he knows nothing about movies. No, nothing. Nothing ever, and he pulled out some Darth Maul, which I'd never knew. Was uh, the, the, well, I believe was the the the, the baddie in one of the Star Wars movies, the red guy with the little horns. Yeah, and it's in the worst Star Wars movies, and you remembers that yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway, that's that's why he, I gave him that nickname. And he even commented on my dick. Remember? How, oh, how's, my, how's my dick? Even looking? your dick's looking fantastic. Oh, I painted it, John. That's why. Ah, oh, you, you did your water blasting last week. You yeah. felt manly doing that. Yeah, and I painted it. Yeah. Oh, and, then, and we've lost all that. Oh, never mind. Anyway, let's anyway. go to Darth Maul. Darth Maul, uh, guys, great show. <laughs> I'm doing my first Ironman this year at Mont Tremblant, Canada, in August. I'm also using endurance sport travel for my accommodation. Nice. nice work. Whenever you book anything with guys like that, make sure you say you heard about it from the show. Yeah, it makes us look good. Makes, yes, exactly. Uh, here's my question: How do I determine my run pace? Well, what my run pace should be for the marathon? And uh, I've got a, a formula that I use just as a generic sort of starting point for people that don't have any experience at, at Ironman racing, and, um, and and also works quite well if you haven't necessarily done a really good half Ironman, or just or or if you're one of those people that's just not following the John Newsom uh, three-year plan and you're just going for it in, in year one. Yep. And for, so first step is to work out what your your fresh 10K time is and that's either going and doing an accurate 10K running race um, or doing a 10K time trial is quite tricky but really optimally go find a 10K running race. It needs to be accurate, needs to be pretty flat and you need to have a really good run so we can determine, right, that's a 10K. Bevan and I were discussing before, you can do do 5K but some people... Yeah, just I was just saying that my run is we do the 5K, we should go 5K race tonight actually and um, when we use the VDOT it's often... a predicts a slower time for their half marathon so they've, they'll do the five time 5k, 5K time and then they'll do the v dot and often they go faster in the half and i think it comes down to the fact that most people aren't that good at pushing themselves hard for five so so the v dot <coughs> is basically a jack daniels formula that can help you predict times um and this is a you know sometimes there's these shitty prediction things on websites and stuff predict your time for a triathlon yeah this one is is the business it's got a huge it's amount good. of data and, and what's it. good about that if you're running a real hardcore for the jack daniels formula is then you can do a lot of your training based around your v dot times and stuff as well so mm. it's pretty good so first step you need to figure out what a 10 uh, a, an accurate 10k time for you is then you go on to jack Dan the jack daniels v dot um system and you go on there and that will give you a predicted time for a marathon and providing you've got an accurate 10k that'll be a, a pretty good indicator of what you can run for a marathon and then it's a sim pretty simple case of uh i find that for most athletes, they're in the range of 20 to 30 minutes um, slower in an Ironman than what they are in a fresh marathon. Where people really struggle with is um, is actually getting that into their head and realising how slow they've got to run. Um, because uh, yeah, most people just, they, they really struggle to, to, to yeah. understand how slow you're actually running in an Ironman to put up a respectable run pace. So, so that's sort of the, the form, formula I use. Get your 10k time. Then go on, figure out fresh fresh um, marathon pace, yep. um, and then add on ballpark twenty to thirty minutes. I find most people are somewhere in the middle, about twenty five. I'm about there. I'm running, you know, run around two thirty five marathon when I'm in that sort of shape. I'm probably running, you know, probably hopefully just under three hours for for a marathon. And I find that that is it's pretty good across the park. And what was interesting in our last conversation we had around this was I was saying, well, what about people who go, you know, does it go longer as it goes longer? So let's say you're more of a four and a half hour marathon. It does mm. it does it spread out to forty five? But you're saying kind of evidence for you seems to prove yeah. that it doesn't and that's very just anecdotal stuff but but i generally find it doesn't and and 
all of this, what, what all of this method is trying to do is to try to make Get sure yeah, you don't go too hard in the first third of the run, um, which is so, so, so easy to do. Well, it's what's, you know, if you listen to Brett Sutton, you know, one thing we need to do is we actually need to go out and do some longer runs at the pace you're going to run on race totally. day, you know, and, and really a lot of people, they just run way too fast in their long runs because, mm. you know, because you can and you think that's all, you know, getting working hard is the key, but allowing your body to understand, okay, well, this is the pace you're going to be running at in your mm. marathon and, and you know because we think about form and technique it's a different technique when you're running a three hour to, to running a, a you know a three and a half hour you know mm. or so on so you know you might have a shorter stride you might you know your postures might be slightly different you know it's little things that will change so if you're able to be aware of what it feels like before the race then you have more control of it in the race um so olaf went on to say that um he is uh, going out at the moment. He seems to be running at around about eight minute thirty per mile um, pace, and he feels that that run, that's around about comfortable pace. And and he's got a, a three hour twenty open marathon time. And so based off that, if you you, know, you say you take three hours twenty as an open marathon, slap on say twenty minutes or so, and that's a three hour forty. And so best case for for that is around about eight minute twenty five per mile. So I think Olaf, you're in the right neighbourhood there. Um, you certainly wouldn't want to be be much quicker than that. The only thing I would say is, is your 320 recent. Mm. You know, if your 320 yeah. is six years ago, it's exactly. a different piece. So, okay, next question um, we've got from Greg. How to say this one, John? Greg Schweininger. It's a good one. A few questions for John that I well, think. Greg just thinks I'm old. Well, apparently, yeah, you're going grey. You're getting hair in your ears. Yeah. Why is that? Why does he think you're old? You, care, you can read a little bit of it. A few yeah. questions for John that I think will make interesting content for the podcast, likely in the Coach's Corner segment. Well, there you go. By my estimation, you, John, have done an Ironman since wrote, which seemed like it was back in 2009. It was actually 2008 or thereabouts. It was 2008. We've talked about this recently. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, which means that you are now back into regular Ironman training just after four hours, five, eight, five year hiatus. Not that you were sitting on your butt for four years, but it seems that your volume is definitely up versus where it has been. You are now 35 to 36. How old are you? 36. When are you 37? July the 6th. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so you're not a spring chicken that you were back in rote in your build-up days either. And especially when compared to Ironman racing you were doing back in your 20s. So here are my questions. Do you want me to read all of them? I can do these. Okay, go. Um, whether you are consciously building your training plan differently to account for the fact that you are now a few years older than the last time you built up. And he's got certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> so, no. No. I don't feel old. Um, no, I don't and, think you're in your 30s. No. I, no. Um, and I go on to say later on that... Uh, you might have felt unfit. Yeah, but but no. In terms of you know, my speed is easily the same as what it was when we were doing rote. Um, it's just a matter of getting getting fitness up. So that doesn't concern. I me. think if you were trying to do a serious Olympic, it could be a different beast, wouldn't it? It would be comparing against so when you're peak yeah. in my twenties. Yeah, 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 that would be for me to go out and run three minute k's and things like that. Um, You'd be feeling old then, wouldn't that you? That would be. I'd yeah. probably struggle a bit with that. Yeah. Um, number two, are you sticking to hard workouts throughout the? Uh, are you stacking your hard workouts throughout the week differently? Changes to structure. Are fa- uh, j- uh, there we go. Um, am I just changing the structure of my week? Not really. Um, the main, the only changes that in terms of my weekly structure at the moment are very much um, family-based stuff. So yep. early morning training, six o'clock starts at the weekends. But in terms of my philosophy on um, what I think it's going to take for me to do a fast Ironman, hasn't really changed much. Uh, it's very much all about the bike for me and um, being having a good strong ride and not being too beaten up about it. So don't think things have changed too much on that front. Number three, are you consciously 
uh, are you going to consciously alter your volume or intensity versus Ironman build-ups of your past? More recovery se sessions, etc. Um, I've always responded very, very well to volume on the bike. And so when I actually go into my Ironman build-up, I've strategically placed uh, camps and things like that there. So I'm going to get the appropriate volume because that's what I'm going to struggle to do now with a family, which was different to back in you know back in the, the early days. Yep. Um, so strategically placing camps through my build-up. So I'm going to have a camp in September in Thailand. So if anybody wants to come to that, got a few people pretty interested in that. The Thailand camp is going to be in September. That'll sort of be my, my pre-season sort of um, little mini camp. And then I've got another um, camp, sort of a couple of big rides planned uh, sort of December time and then I'm going to do another week long camp in January so camps are a big part of it and, and when I've had good success in the past um, it has been coming off camps so it's a little and I think it's a, there's, a, there's a tip for your, your, your working athlete with a family you know like if you can get those kind of three weekends away where you can do a five day mm. weekend you know you book it out with your family well in advance you get those emotional credits in the bank account so you're kind of built up and they're not going to feel you're neglecting them but if you can get those in it's a good way of getting some that getting to that next level in a short period of time that you know that you can fit into the life you have it's, it's very hard to go out with, for the people who don't have family it's very hard to go out for a seven seven hour ride um, yeah. and to get a couple of those or even a seven and then like a five hour and you know twice a week is pretty tough isn't yeah. it so again if I was um, over 45 or something like that then I would be changing in terms of the mix of volume and intensity but for now you know and what would you do um, I just probably have to see how I mean most of the guys you know say that their recovery is a little bit slow I probably have to spread the runs a little bit but I don't do too much high intensity running so um I don't think I'd change it massively. I'd just have to see how, how I need to tweak it for recovery purposes. And so I may do a little bit less intensity. And, and I think the thing is with that, you know, like especially you, you being an experienced athlete, but it is, it, as we age, it's about you getting better at listening to your body, you know, mm. and you responding to your body. You know, as a young athlete, like I know that I pretty much always try to kill every training session. And so, you know, as you get older, you do get better at that, okay, well, what's my A session, B session, C session? And then allowing that to kind of move a little bit depending on how your body is feeling. And, totally. you know, because to have quality sessions, you do need quality recovery as well. Not being afraid to take some chill out time, like today, like yesterday, coming down, down with a cold today, feeling a bit sick. Probably going to take the day off. Nice. Well, you have because you haven't swam. Yeah, well, if, if I wanted to fit something else in, I, I could make it happen. Nice. Um, over the last two to three months of Project 2014, do you have any early observations of how things might be feeling different um, that you are attributing to be a few years older now? The only real difference I would uh, say I notice is my flexibility, and, and, and I don't think that has got um, much to do with my age. I think it's more a fact that I've been incredibly lazy on my flexibility work, and it's an area that I really need to stay on top of. And again, I don't think age, uh, I think it does creep up on you a bit, um, but if I wasn't so flippin' lazy with my flexibility work, then uh, it wouldn't be such an issue. Can I ask what the enjoyment factor is like at the moment? I'm loving it. You are? You are? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would... Uh, Really, really enjoying it. Great, great. So, no, because sometimes you can go back to an old goal and it might, because you, you do get the person who, you, I always find it really interesting with, with sport when you get to a point where you, it's time to move on and you had a time when you moved on. It was mainly because life circumstances changed. But then you get the person who's just staying there because they know nothing else mm -hmm. and they just shoot for another goal and they go, oh, well, let's do another Ironman. And they've, they've, there's no growth in it. There's no passion. They're not really, you know, they're just doing it because it's the only thing they know, not mm -hmm. necessarily that's the best goal. And, um, and, you know, I was just curious if you're coming, if you're oh, experiencing no, that. Not at all. Um, 
and 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 the one probably the one biggest thing that helps me out is is the accountability to my website now. Oh, really? It does? Uh, no, no. That that's just it's one like a, one little extra thing that's going to get me out the door. If if if, if I was piss farting around, and I was going to struggle to get something again. Uh, no, I'm going out and doing it. Um, and, and uh, so accountability helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so no, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Okay. Whole new lease on life, Bevan. Oh, loving it. Hugh Manning's got another question for you here. Just enjoying following your training. Thanks for doing this. I noticed you don't have your heart rates on your rides. You have uh, you having a problem with your strap, or is it just by choice? I also noted that your last ride, Hill Reps, I'm not sure whether this was that your AP and MP were both um, two forty two. Two forty two. So your average and normalized power were both forty two forty two. Uh, that would be good cue for the TP boys, training peaks boys. Yep. So question, so around um, heart rate. Um, so I'm basically riding a Garmin setup. So I've got uh, the Edge 800 on my bike, and then I've got uh, the 910 when I run. So I am wearing my heart rate strap a little bit more now, but I don't um, do any of my training really to heart rate. So what do you use the heart rate for more, just to see when you're fatiguing? Uh, a little bit of analysis really, and I do find with the Garmin, and they're not a sponsor. Um, I love the Garmin. As it was. So yeah. do I actually, I could do it for Garmin. But, uh, but uh, I don't find their heart rate um, super, super accurate. Um, it's, it's accurate enough from time to time, but it, it fluctuates a lot more than, say, what a Polar would. Then Polar are not so good at other things. Um, it's funny that you can't do it all one well. Yeah, so what I use heart rate for is, is um, yeah, an, analyzing sessions. So, for example, say, say I'm going out for a session and I'm going uh, three by 20 minutes at half Ironman power. And uh, and you, you're out there, and I'm flogging myself silly to try to st- stick to a particular power output, and I'm just going, "This is impossible. Yep. How am I gonna? There's no way I'm gonna be able to sustain this in a race." And then when I look down at my heart rate, and and I know historically what I can hold in a half Ironman and an Ironman, I look down at my heart rate and go, "Heart rate's in the right zone. Your legs are just feeling like rubbish. You're just not having a, a, just a good one day." One of those days, yeah. And so I use that as a bit of a. A, a validation point in terms of um, how hard I'm working versus what I know I can actually do. What about do the other race. way? What about when you're feeling great and then you look down your pumping heart rate that seems unrealistic? Yeah, it doesn't really happen for me, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's almost always the other way around. Okay, Steve so, Cross. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so that's pretty much it on heart rate. I do, I, I do wear it a bit more often it's now. It's funny, isn't it? Because heart rate was the guide for such a long time, wasn't it? You know, we think to you know 80s through 90s, you know, heart rate was really the key. Now, when they've got the power tools and the GPS, heart rate's kind of taken a back seat. It's isn't just. It? Yeah, you know, with power, it's just so quick to respond. So, you know, if you go out and do that, say you did the same thing three by 20 minutes, it would take you bloody ages to try to get at the right heart rate there or thereabouts. Mm. You've, got, you've got to feel and hope the heart rate will settle about the right thing, around about the right level. When it's power, boom, you go, right, I'm riding at 240 watts. Within two seconds, three seconds, you're at your right power, and it, and it obviously bumps up and down, but uh, you, you're straight on it. Yeah, good times. Steve Crossman's got, um, he loved your Auckland race, um, so good work. Um, just wondering what your thoughts are on off-savers and training. Specifically, do you spend a lot of time uniquely on base training? I have a few goals for next season, namely to increase my FTP on those on the bike, but working in a lot with those higher zones seems to drive a bit with the off-season philosophies. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I, I struggle with people that go 
often they just do all long slow distance stuff in their off season you know just go right so they just go long just go long just ride and ride and ride and ride and there's certainly a time and a place for that and it does depend a lot on the, on the athlete like if you're someone who's very new to sport yeah, and you've got, base. you've got to get the base you've mm-hmm. got no background whatsoever for those types of people doing quite a bit of long slow distance stuff is, is, is fine but it's also not going to be particularly ment- mentally stimulating so you've always got to balance that you've got to be stimulated by your training and figure out a way to do that um, and then combine that with, with what is the best physiological sessions for you. Um, so a couple of tips that I've got in terms of your, your off season is um, make sure you have a break at the end of your racing season and uh, if you've got family do some plenty of grease work to uh, to allow yourself to get get back on, on par with the family if you've annoyed them towards the, the peak part of your season. Um, have a plan for your entire winter uh, so that you know, it might be a particular running race you're going to build up to. One thing that I'm doing with a, a few local athletes that I'm going to do myself over winter here is I'm going to do a series of time trials over winter. So they're not official races, but like once every month or so, meet up and we're basically going to progress through. So we're going to build up to a 40k time trial. So we'll do you know a couple of 16ks, a 20, a 30, and then build up to a 40k. So your your off season has got some structure to it, and you're building towards something, and that's going to get hopefully your excitement levels up a bit in terms of right. I'm, I'm I'm building towards saying I'm not just going through the motions in terms of training week in week out, and um, and I think one of the really th- key things that that people sometimes beat themselves up a bit around is say for example you're building up for so say you're a, you're a pom and you're building up for the London Marathon and things don't quite go your your, your way in the day and uh, and you don't run that that dream race that you've done but if you've spent 16 weeks or 12 weeks or whatever yeah, time you've, you've done up, the work you've done the work and you've built up that race that is going to you're going to you're going to be hit you might not just you might have screwed up your taper something might have gone wrong but then when you kick on um, once you've recovered from that you've got all that running yeah, in still your legs. Here, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so the process is is equally as important as the as the race so i think that's a really important thing oh, i really think it's more important well, let's say you don't yeah. race to train that well and you have a great race well actually you still haven't got that base behind you moving exactly. forward yeah um, and then I think the final thing with your off season in terms of planning that is uh, is to have a little pre season break before you start into your um, your main summer racing. But back to your sort of original question in terms of trying to increase your FTP, that's going to be quite individualised. So if you're a, a, a novice, you know, doing some long slow distance stuff, that's still going to help develop your FTP in terms of um, if you're very experienced you might be taking more of an approach like like I'm doing doing a bit more higher intensity work a bit more cadence work um, but I certainly don't think you need to be stressing out if you're a moderate to advanced uh, or experienced athlete there's no problem doing some really hard work uh, on the bike in the off season mm-hmm. providing you have a bit of a pre-season break before you get back into your your regular try build up. Mm-hmm. Okay John support coach John Newsom. Yes. Now, this is the thing that I've, I've got rolling now. Uh, nice. I've got, in Kona, I'm going to have a tri-suit. And anybody who wants to support me on my uh, Project 2014, $50 donation, you get your name on my tri-suit. Nice. You like it, Bevan? Bevan yeah. James Isles, you'll be on my tri-suit? I've, I've, I've done it a hundred times already, John. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, yeah go, go home and check it out right now. So check it out. Coach John Project 2014.com. Will you have it like, is it, you, will you have it, is it like a, how are you going to do it? Are you going to do it so that it's like a shape? Uh, we're probably going to go with the similar um, to the logo that I've got for Project 2014, sort of the the Kona Islands, yep. and the names will probably sort of be written on the big Kona Island somewhere. Nice. In there. So your your name will be on the tri suit. John, be doing it for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good times rock and roll. Okay. So you have my back. You have his back. There you go. Literally, you have his back. Okay, then, so, uh, sponsor. Bevan, we, everybody loves your coffee, but not everybody loves, not quite everybody loves your no, coffee. No, not everyone. A lot of people love their tea There as are well. some strange people out there, John. A lot of people love their tea. Belinda is going through a big tea phase. Really? Moment, big time. She's got one of those uh, glass thingies with, oh, uh, the, with yeah, the, yeah. The, the thing in the middle which takes all the fresh Does she like that? She is cranking it. She loves oh. it. There's a special tea shop in Christchurch. Oh, really? She's tea, hardcore. Tease me. It's, um, tease me? That's think, a good one. Tease me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good tea name, isn't it? So you can go on to Coffees of Hawaii and they've got their Tisan Molokai style pages. They've got a hibiscus raspberry tea. They've got a cherry coffee tea, a jasmine blossom, a lavender, lemongrass, ginger, papaya. Got the, Oh, there we go. The gift tin. Tisan gift tin. Brighten up your day. Let's select that, shall we, Bevan? It looks like you get three different sorts of teas in the nice little gift box. What did you get your mother for Mother's Day in the end? Suzanne Prentice. Oh, you did, yeah. Yeah, and chocolates. Chocolates. What about you? Uh, chocolates. That one's so well out of the warehouse. No, no, I got uh, Dispar chocolates. Oh, is that good, is it? We know the place down below. Oh, yeah, they're those. really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so you can get this nice little tea set there, three different sorts of teas, um, 33 bucks. Brighten up your day. Tea Sound gift set, gift set combines three of our original teas from our plantation, coffee Cherry. Oh, so they do their own teas, do Lavender, they? jasmine, green tea. These blends will enliven your spirit and refreshen your mood. Let the sun shine in. Wow. Let the sun shine. That is the thing about tea. I, like, I do like a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something about a cup of tea that's really good. Oh, yeah. People love it. People do. There's something about just having a hot drink, isn't there? Mm. You know, when you're, when you're, you're cold at night and you have your hot drink. And look at the size of my mug, John, isn't could, it? You could turn the heater on. No, because I'm saving power. Right. Power prices are going up in this country, John. Yes. You know, how much is your power bill a month? Oh, it ranges from, in the winter, probably getting up towards 300. So I've got a friend, they were in Queenstown, it was costing me 1000 bucks a month. Crazy. 1000 bucks mm. for power. Mm. The power station's just down the road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, get your hot drink and the coffee and, and, you know, in the middle of winter, it makes you feel nice and warm, it's good. And if you come into Kona for any of my Kona camps... Just put my coffee order in yesterday with Coffees of Hawaii. What'd you get? Albert's just going to give us a selection. A variety. Albert, you rock. Go, Albert. Albert rocks. Albert, I bought my daughter that book you told us. Albert, Albert, Albert's good because he sends me through good content. Mm. And he sent me through, um, what's the one with Victor Conte? No, not Victor Conte. Um, the Belco guy. No, no. no yeah. yeah. Um, oh, as a man think. Oh, I have to think of it. But the one you, you sent, I bought it. My daughter's reading it. So thank you for that. Have conversations with people. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're tight. It's how we roll. Oh, no, because it's a really good book. As a man, oh, you, you keep talking. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it. Okay. Okay. Write yourself a note. Write myself a note. John, let's put some music on. Website of the week. Website. Oh, website of the week. Okay, here we go. Website of the week. That was a shocking effort. I wasn't concentrating. Didn't bring my A game. I did not, but that's okay. You, you pulled through at the end. Mountain Snail sent this one through. Oh, it was it Mountain Snail? Mm-hmm. Oh. I just put MS. That's what he does on his emails. <laughs> MS. MS. Now, he was saying that he hasn't been age group of the week. Did you see the response? Yes. But he had been A. I don't know. I, well, I wasn't sure in his response if he said he has been or if he hasn't been. But anyway. He sent this one through, effortlesswimming.com. And they've got a podcast as well, John. Mm. So tell me about it. 
Uh, Nance now says, thinking about it, and this was part of another email, Effortless Swimming's pretty good. EffortlessSwimming.com, Brendan Ford, uh, Brenton Ford's a pretty serious Aussie swim coach, but young and imaginative. He started a Swimming for Triathlon podcast recently, which has lots of interviews with Aussie open water swimmers and triathletes, nice. which are refreshingly relevant to what we do, i.e. not all about pool swimming. Um, so I just had a quick scan through here, and uh, he's got a number of blog posts on there. Obviously, he's trying, you know, like most things he's he's got a um an online swim coaching program which you can you can crack into if you so choose or you can buy you can buy um but a couple of things that you know a couple of nice little articles in there youtube clips he's got one there about the the gentle entry um so and, and I, I quite like that one because you do see some people like that when their hand's about to enter the water they just really slow things down and just gently enter their 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 hand into the water which is he's really saying is is not the correct way of doing it what i also really liked about that was the footage he was using is, is not a strong swimmer. And that's often when you oh, go to these, these, these swimming websites, you know, you go, right, this is how Michael Phelps does it and yeah. uh, this is what you should be doing. Well, this, and you've got no hope. <laughs> you got no hope. But this guy is, is you know, he, he, I don't know who it is, but he's, he's, he's not a great swimmer. And, uh, and so I think it's giving real-world examples, which I think is fantastic. And got it, got it just looks like he's got a whole bunch of um, good, relevant articles in here, often addressing the questions people have you know how to breathe to your opposite side and freestyle um quick food preparations for hungry swimmers how to stay fit when on holidays um and just he's also got an interview there with old bobby mcgee who we had on the show a while ago so i can't say i've listened to the um the podcast yet um but mount snail endorses it it must be good yeah, and it does look good. It looks like it's onto it. It's got some good resources here. There's, he's also got some paid content if you kind of want to take things to the next level. He's and has the swim with the swim smooth guys an interview with him. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, he's also got something about the locked elbow pool, which I'll be quite interested to check out. So just a good swim swim resource. Got some good open water stuff in there as well, rather than just pool pool swimming and. Uh, and podcasts if you just need some some more stuff to listen to when you train. Yeah, I'm looking at this like the guy who's doing the gentle entry is definitely over going the midline, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so um check that out. That's effortlessswimming.com and we'll put a link to it on dubdubdubimtalk.me and good work, keep it up. Um, John, the book I was talking about was Man's Search for Meaning. Nice. Victor Victor Frankly Frank Victor Frankly, Frankly. Yeah, maybe. And uh yeah, so anyway, read it, apparently it's brilliant. Nice. Okay, Jombo, questions and answers. And we've just got a couple here. I've added one, actually. But um, Tim Hemming's got might be very worth bringing up for discussion. Uh, we've had a lot of talks about cramping and its unknown causes over the past few weeks. And by coincidence, I spoke to an old male athlete at the weekend who had just come back from running a marathon. He previously suffered from chronic cramping in a race and it was suggested by a physio friend that he drink tonic water in the build-up to the race because it contains quinine. As a long-distance driver, he dutifully started taking bottles on his trip and co-race day. For the first time in years, he didn't have any problems. Is this is it down to quinine? Is it a placebo? Well, quinine is definitely something that has been recommended in the past. I've and, used it. And, and yeah, a lot of people have used it, and it's been quite effective. So I think what we've got to take out of those interviews is there's things that, whatever reason, whether it's trick, whether it is, maybe they haven't done a study on quinine, the sports scientists saying whether that works or not. But um, it's certainly known to be a fairly good um, 
I found you know, it was interesting because I cramped quite severely early on, mm. and um, and then I started using quinine because someone, a friend of mine, did who did Kepler every year. He said, mm. "Oh, I'll get quinine sulfate it makes a massive difference," and um, and I used it, and a, a, a cramping stopped. And then eventually I stopped using it, and I stopped cramping as well. Mm. And so you know that whole conditioning thing was probably a factor as well. But mm. and maybe it was placebo, maybe I didn't need it. Who knows? But it definitely for me in my kind of second year of Ironman, I used it second third mm. year. And it definitely made a difference. Mm. So um, I'm not sure if there's any evidence to show. Yeah, know. no, I don't. Like think I had to go to the doctor and get it prescribed. It was, you know. Uh, I think you can get it over the counter. Can you? Oh, yeah, I'm almost positive you can. Um, so it's with all those sort of things, if you're taking salt tablets and if it's working and if it stops you cramping, keep taking them. Yeah, exactly. Take quinine. Give yep. it a crack. Colin Durant's got one. He's got Tim Don ran a twenty-eight fifty-six. Now I thought you guys should give Tim Don a plug. You mentioned Alistair Brownlee's great ten k run on the track the other week, but you didn't mention that the great Tim Don did a road run in twenty-eight fifty-six, which is pretty awesome. So, John, what will you say to that? Tailwind. Oh, tailwind. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say short. No, <laughs> uh, I think I remember that. He, uh, I think it might have been like the Great North Run or something like that, and he was, um, yeah, that's look. Tailwind, whatever. It's it smoking. It's still fast. Yeah. And then... Um, What's happened to Tim Don these days? I haven't seen... Didn't he retire? Don't know. Didn't he go long? No, I don't know. No, neither. He hasn't done nine, man. He may have done a half or something, but... Uh, well, there's a couple of boys who came up and kind of took over his place. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just wondering whether he's going to go to halves or whether he, whether he has retired. Tim Hemming, pop us a note. Let us know what Tim Don's up to. Okay. Tim, tell us about Tim. So, Swan and I... Um, Rode past one another the other day. Did you? Yeah. Where? I told you that last week. You rode past them? No, I rode past Swan and Noah. Oh, that's right. I thought you meant Richard. Okay, so we, last week we talked about the whole idea of the 10K track not being as fast as the road. Yes. And he actually said, no, you're wrong. You're actually wrong, John. You're wrong. The rankings for the only for the track, uh, so he basically sent through the top 10 10K runs of all time. Mm. And so basically, if we look at here on the road runs, so I'm going to pull this up right now. You just start talking about something. So, okay, the 10K run is a, yep. And so the 10K fastest road runs are around 26.44. So they're not as fast as the normal runs. Mm -hmm. And what Richard's come back with saying, the rankings are for, uh, for Trek for only New Zealand. I sent through last week. Looking at the men's 10K road time, it's half a minute slower than the world record and in, in the, on the track a comparison would be Kimberly Smith um, who road PB is a minute slower so there are no evidence to suggest that the track is slower mm -hmm. um, McElroy's run at the 10K Road Championships um, she ran a 33.02 in Barry's Curtis in Auckland running with guys on a fast course knuckle run she ran 28.31 oh who cares anyway so basically <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> but basically um on an accurate road race, mm -hmm. it's actually it maybe that maybe they don't do many ten k road races. Mm, I think you probably find top guys probably do over time. Mm. How much is it to do with the fact that you have got the field to work with? Yeah, on the track. I don't know. It's really interesting. You you'd assume, but maybe the surface. Like mm. this track has a bit of give, doesn't it? it? Does might save your calves just a little bit, yeah. and you're wearing spikes on the track as well. Yeah. Yep, so, and, and it has a, a good bit of spring, not like a big spring, but it does yep. a, a bit, it's probably a little more of a spring than concrete. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it's very interesting. You, If you were to say to most people, what do you think would be faster, running straight for 10Ks mm. or turning, most people would say straight, wouldn't they? So, that's where we just want to know it. Nice. We've got an interview coming up now with um, Sandy from Extreme Endurance. Here we go. Here's Sandy. As I say in the interview, he's got a great voice. Mm. He's in the wrong industry. <laughs> Here we go. Here's Sandy. 
Okay, we're very happy uh, this week to have back on the show, some we haven't had for a while, Sandy from Extreme Endurance. Welcome back on the show, Sandy. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Sandy, you have the coolest voice. You have a, a really cool, relaxed voice. But bugger the, extre- <laughs> bugger the Extreme Endurance. You should be like a, a voiceover That's person. That's right. You should be doing movies. <laughs> no, thank you. Maybe it's because I'm just an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, um, you know, uh, the, you know, extreme endurance is uh, going pretty crazy. We understand, and um, we see you. One of the things we see a lot when we go onto you know your Facebook page and and onto your website is it's it's obviously working extremely well in the, in the CrossFit community. And um, Robin was telling me that you know they're really getting on board and and uh, absolutely addicted to execute and. Um, and I, and I guess the triathlon market's still sort of catching up with that. So can you maybe explain to us, um, you know, it, what, what Execute's all about and, and, and what the product is really trying to achieve? Yeah, we designed that uh, initially just kind of be a re- good recovery drink. And with adding that, the gram and a half of lactate as an energy source, um, yeah, we found that, that people who took it before they trained uh, actually really felt the energy. And so in the CrossFit market, when they go to do their workouts, they take this like, they mix it with four ounces of water and they take it like an hour before they go train and they're able to just crush through and power through the, the CrossFit workout. And by that, I mean, you know, they're able to do more reps in a quicker amount of time. And so that just kind of has spread like wildfire and we got sold out of the product. And uh, but but Timo and, and Yvonne Van Veriken and and those triathletes we sponsored, they're also you know using extreme endurance uh, before their workouts and and during uh, their competition because it is so long. But uh, yeah, we're it's just become a great 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 product. We have soccer teams, pro soccer teams here in the U.S. and college teams. Uh, they're all using it uh, before you know before a match or at halftime. And it's uh, it's yeah it's turned out to be a pretty special product for us. So what what by adding the lactate, what does that sort of um, mean, and what does that, that that do you know on the on your insides? Well, you know when we were doing all the research on lactic acid, and at least when I was competing younger, you know lactic acid was quote unquote a bad word, but lactic acid is actually two different things. It's the hydrogen ion that acid that kind of kicks us in the acid in the butt and uh, so that's that's the thing that extreme endurance was designed to buffer that hydrogen ion and by buffering that hydrogen ion it allows our body to use the lactic as a fuel source uh, for a longer period of time and so when you take that natural fuel source lactate by the way is many times used more readily by the body than glycogen for fuel Mm. and so by adding a gram and a half of lactate to your blood before you work out actually puts in energy into your blood, a fuel source in your blood which your body can readily use and believe me, you do feel it. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And so is there, is there an optimal sort of time when people should be taking it in terms of, you know, say you've got your, your workout coming up or your race coming up, you know, is it best to be 10 minutes before, 30 minutes before, an hour before and is there, does it last for a particular amount of time? Yeah, we find that it uh, usually an hour before is the optimum time to take it. I know when I uh, take it, I take it, I just mix it with four ounces of water. And so it's kind of like a shot, what I call an energy shot. 
and in a couple of swallows it's down and it's in my by the time I train which is an hour later it's already in your blood so your body's using it as a fuel source and you you really do feel it and uh, talking with Jurgen Sessner he's done some tests with it he thinks that the the, the the fuel source lasts you feel it for about an hour and a half so it's yeah it lasts for you lasts you about an hour to an hour and a half and then if you're competing as in a, a triathlete then you just have you know another drink in your you know on your bike or wherever so that you're getting it all the way through the uh, the course of the race. Um, and I know you initially you had the the chocolate flavor and you brought out vanilla. So so give us an update on you know I know it was it was going out the door pretty quick and you were just sort of servicing the U.S. market with the vanilla flavor. So what's what's the deal with um, supplies and stuff in different parts of the world at the moment? Well, we're really doing uh, uh, well with, with both flavors. Uh, vanilla was uh, the second flavor we put out, as you mentioned. And the reason for that, a lot of people like to mix it with a banana or mix it with some orange juice in the morning or whatever. And it just gave them other options. And, and not everybody's a, a chocolate fan. Most everyone is. But there are you know <laughs> a handful of people that, that, that don't prefer chocolate. So it came out as as an option and, and has done really well. Um, we do have it here throughout the United States. Um, it is very expensive to uh, export over to Europe, so we are having some challenges there. Uh, it may come a point in time when I have to find a manufacturer someplace in Europe uh, because the, the shipping charges for us to ship it from our factory over is, is very expensive because it weighs. You know, it's, yeah. it's the weight again. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a great, great, great product. Well, I can't can't say I've used it yet as a as a pre-training, uh, you know, supplement. So I'm going to give that a crack because I I generally use it as as recovery. So looking forward to giving that a go. Um, any other news out from Extreme Endurance? Anything else uh, going on that you want to share with listeners? Yeah, you know, it's uh, you mentioned CrossFit, and I'm just going to use some analogies because it fits all sports. So <clears throat> we've a. Uh, We've sponsored two uh, elite athletes in the CrossFit, uh, Camille LeBlanc, uh, she's French-Canadian and she's a sweetheart, and then Jeff Bridges is another, Josh Bridges is another young man who we just sponsored and, and a, a tremendous athlete. Josh finished second in the World Championships in 11, wow. and then did, didn't, didn't compete last year because he was on, he's in the military, he was on a, a mission or assignment, and Camille is always in the you know top ten. She finished sixth last year, but I'm pretty confident you know she's going to be in the top one, two, or three. As is Josh. But what Camille told me, she goes, you know, she said, Sandy, she goes, you can't believe my VO2 max has increased a lot on on these big workouts that we do that we have to qualify for the worlds, the regional games. She says I'm just crushing it because I have such you know massive VO2 max. And Matt Russell, who I was talking to a couple, three weeks ago, he told me, he said, Sandy, I have to tell you, my VO2 max is kind of off the chart. And I go, well, wait a minute. He goes, you know, here's what's happening. He goes, he says, I was tested about a year and a half ago for my VO2 max. I don't get as tested as often as as some of the people in Europe. But he goes, you know, somewhere around 74. And he goes, because I've been able to use extreme endurance and train harder, and recover faster every day. So over a course of time, I'm just able to obviously increase my VO2 max because I just had a VO2 max. I'm, you know, right around 84. And I go, oh. what? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's kind of off the chart. 
and we had kind of learned that uh, with uh, with uh, J- uh, uh, Heidi Jesperger and and Jurgen Sester and all the tests they were doing because Heidi's VO2 max over a course of like ten months went up like twelve percent. So what we're finding is those athletes who are on extreme endurance over extended period of time, you continually train at a higher level, you become more fit, and you're just your VO2 max does increase because you're able to do that. So not only we're seeing it in the triathlon world, but we're seeing it in the CrossFit world because all the CrossFit workouts are killers every day mm-hmm. and they're in a you know and so they recover faster and their VO2 max is going up at a relatively quick pace also. So interesting things, two different sports, but it just shows the benefit of extreme endurance in many facets. The other reason CrossFit people love it is because every workout's different, so they're always sore, and with extreme endurance, they're not sore. So we've learned quite a bit from the CrossFit market, which kind of relates back to the the triathlon market, the endurance market, which, you know, we've been involved with for, for a number of years. Awesome. No, it's good to hear. I'm loving it. I uh, had an outstanding r- r- race recently on it. So, uh, no, you're, you're, you're preaching to preaching to the believers already for, for a lot of us guys. So, um, thanks for coming on the show again, Sandy. And guys, um, check it out. Check it all out. Xendurance.com and uh, get on it. Get on it. Okay, Jumbo. So, sponsors are Extreme Endurance. Yes, get that execute. It's amazing. Athlinks.com. Um, you can see what your friends are up to. Coffees of Hawaii. You can get some tea. SLSTry.com. You can get a suit. And TrainingPeaks.com. <laughs> TrainingPeaks. Oh, I wouldn't mention them early. Um, use, okay, code I'm, use code I'm. Yeah, make sure you use the code. Get, uh, get 10 or 15% off. Guys, if you want to get a show emailed to you, just go to imtalk.me and then uh, go to the link there and you can put your details in and I send out the show pretty much, uh, email show pretty much as soon as it's published so you can get your email to you so you know if you if you don't have an ipod or something like that and you just want to listen to it on the internet or by mp3 you can do it that way also questions i am talk podcast at gmail.com oh my god you got it right it's only taken seven years john yeah i've been working at it and then um i'm just putting up our facebook page because you're a couple oh, snap what i'm doing the same oh really because did you see that person put up the will it blend did you have a look at that it's a website oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, that's definitely worth killing some time with. So that was very good. So will it, so it's out again, will it blend, is it dot .com? Yeah. yeah. And he blends things like, did you see blend like an iPod? Yeah, I didn't. I, I just saw the, the, the CDs and the DVDs. And his blend, it did it. <laughs> yeah, like it, it actually blends up. Like, I'm not putting an iPod in my blender. <laughs> it's the end of my blender. You know, I know it's cheap and there's a reason for that. So it's a good work. That was from Rob Eplin. But anyway, John, what's your goss? Travis Tremaine, uh, not sure how... You guys do it, but who are you interviewing is bloody awesome. Love the Brad Bevan interview, gold. Yes. As far as racing head-to-head, he was one of the best, if not the best of all time. There are some athletes who love the big-time race and would find something beyond themselves. He was one of them. He was? Mm. He was just legendary. He was. It's a great interview, guys. If you haven't listened to it, mm. make sure you do You know what's happened with my other podcast, John? What? iTunes have put me on their front page, promoting me. Mm. Jesus, good for numbers. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm getting like like nearly a month's worth of downloads in a week at the moment, uh-huh. or in a day almost. Anyway, John, yes, what's your goss? What's my goss? I'm sick and I'm not happy about it, Bevan. Wait a second, before you tell me your goss, mm-hmm. Peter Reed's on, we're doing a Legends interview this Friday, guys, mm-hmm. So and it won't come out till the end of the month, but 
if you want to get an, a question in, John's put a question on our Facebook page. Um, if you've got any questions for Peter Reid, find them through to us and we'll ask him on the show on Friday, which won't come out till the 1st of June. But anyway, yes. Peter Reid, it's a real legend as well. 1st of June, it's, my, it's kind of 70.3 day. Oh, is it the race day, is it? Yeah, race day. Come home from, come home from the, 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 uh, the race and I'll listen to the podcast. There you go. Maybe not. No, apparently it's a great podcast. People love it. John, what's your loss? Uh, yes, as I said, getting a little bit sick, but feeling better as, as the podcast has progressed. So optimistic that That's I why can, it's being around me. Fight, yeah, I can I'm fight not your it remedy. Off. Yep. Uh, outside of that, Bevan, just getting ready to go to Kona now, a week and a half away. How long are you up for? About two and a half weeks. Oh, nice. Sorry, a second. You arrived day one? Yeah. Camp? I've got a couple of days before the camp starts. And it's just organising? Yeah. Day one is on Sunday, and we ride the Ironman course. Just cracking. Whole day? I mean, you did a whole course? 180? Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the jungle. I know. The guys are arriving on Saturday. It's like, get off the plane, wow. riding the Ironman course. That'd be tough, because it is it hot there right now? Oh, it's always hot there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So then- uh, Day two, we do a big mountain climb. Day three, we're biking to the volcano, which would be quite cool. Wow. All the way around the other side of the island. Do you actually go up to the volcano? Can you go and look at no. it? No. Oh. No. Okay, still. Yeah. You can say you rode it to it. Rode to Volcano. So it's looking good. And then you do the race? Oh, well, then we've got a few more days after that. Then we, uh, then we do... But eventually you do the race? Then we get, yeah, and then a week off? And then, yeah, pretty much. When yeah. does Belinda come over? She comes over the day before. Well, she has a couple of days in Honolulu and then comes over um, on Friday, the day before the race. Oh, good times. Hang out at Malalani. Just chill for a few days. Day in, in Honolulu on the way back. Oh. Good times, guys. Good times, um, rock and roll. Go for a bike fit today. Get my bike sorted out. Good. Just having a little play around with my seat positions, giving a little bit of jip, so play around with that a bit. CPO, isn't it? CPO, my CPO. CPO, yep. CP3O. Yep. That's about it. Getting an iPhone today. He's getting an iPhone, John. He ties in, he's pretty excited, isn't yeah. he? Even what's happening with your world? John, I went to Star Trek the other night. Do you like Star Trek? No, not really. Oh, but you love Star Wars? Yeah. Oh. Star Trek's pretty geeky. Not a nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very good. The only problem was John. So it's a new <clears throat> Star Trek movie, is it? Yeah. So JJ Abrams, 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 whatever his name is, he is the director. Of, he's also directing new Star Wars movies as well. So that's what's very interesting. But he's just, he's pretty great. Like he does a really good job. Like it, it's, the Star Trek was really great. And um, but the problem was John. We sit down. Joe's there with me. You mm. know. Set the night out. That's how we put where we were. We went to movies, and uh, we had a big day of work. So it was kind of like let's go out, have some dinner, and go to movies. So we did that. It was good, and uh, we sat down, and we got these four teenage girls behind us who just thought it was okay to talk through the whole movie. Oh, annoying. So John, do you say something? I'd give them a piece of my mind. Did you? Would you? I probably would. Yeah, I'd probably just say, "Hey, I did." You did? I turned around and said, "Look, girls, do you mind not talking, please?" Yeah. And how did that go down? They shut up. Nice. But the problem is, John, then I feel all weird for the next kind of half an hour of the movie. You've got daggers going in your back. Yeah, because well, you're kind of thinking, oh, no. You know, like it kind of took me away from my movie experience. Yeah. But it was a price I had to pay because they were going to do it anyway. Yeah. But then the next problem I had. Oh, the pen's oh, flying across well, the table. I, I had some tricky geek next to me. Yeah. And he, like, I'm not a tricky geek. I, I love the movie. And it was good fun. And, um, you know, I know a little bit about Star Trek, but I'm not a geek. And this guy just obviously knew a lot about Star Trek, mm. but he liked to let everyone know that he knew a little bit about Star Trek. So he started talking to the person next to him saying, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And then he'd, he'd have this kind of like giggles. At the movie, at the movie John. And I already told the girls behind me to shut up, so I couldn't tell him to shut up, could I? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then the worst thing was, it wasn't just the fact he was talking way too much more like it. So I had to talk to the person next to you. You 
whisper in their ear. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't go, oh yeah, that's Khan. You know, yeah. you don't you don't do that. So so he's doing this. He's, he's waffling away. But then he obviously was just so t- cool for school that he thought he'd, he had the inappropriate emotion at the wrong times. So there's this really emotional scene in the movie and, and, and Joe almost cried. It was pretty yeah. emotional, John. And uh, and so so he starts giggling. Like he's laughing at it. And of course, obviously, he thinks it's funny because something he knows about Star Trek. Yeah. It was just like, it was ruining my experience. And he smelt. He stunk. <laughs> He's stung. He needed to have a shower. Oh, you! Yeah. I can see the anger. I don't get angry often, John. But you know, I could put up smelling if I didn't. You know what? Yeah. But he smelled and he annoyed the crap out of me. He just oh, thought yeah. he was. He thought he was all tricked up. It's just like every Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> John. Yes. Do you Star Trek sign? Can you do it? Did you know that was the Star Trek sign? I do. But, uh, yep. Yep. Good. Yeah. You know what it is, eh? No, so I know. Well, no, no, if no. I said to you, what's Star Trek sign? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you something like that. So we're going to movies, and I go, Joe, oh, Star Trek. You know, she goes, yeah. <laughs> no, she did the, the hang loose, yeah, the hang loose, or the rock and roll kind of devil sign. Yeah. So that, you had to be see that, I suppose. But did the dick? Did the dick? Only problem with the dick, the John. The dick or the dick? Yeah, we got a comment on that, didn't we? Some people from overseas think our accents sound funny, which I find hard to comprehend. But when I say dick. They think I'm saying dick. Yeah, so I was rubbing down my dick on the weekend, <laughs> rubbing it all over, Varnishing it, Varnishing my dick up, water blasting, water blasting my dick, yeah. and uh, so. But the problem is, John, the gaps in between. Oh, yeah. Have you ever painted a dick? I have. And what do you do with the gaps in between? Uh, I, 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 yeah, not a. Not an old one like that, but you've also got the you, you've created yourself some more work here as well because now you're going to have to stain all your the trellis sort of along the side. The no, it's a bit old and the deck no. looks new. No, we don't care. I'm not that fast because th- we can't. That's going to take forever to do that one because mm-hmm. you're going to have to kill all the what, what was it kind of vine around it. It's the price you pay, Bevan. Price that, you pay. That is the, they don't tell you when you buy a house you have to keep working on it, do they? Mm. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's, it's a, lie. a lie. What about this week, John? What about this week? Well, hopefully, I can get over the sickness and I'm, I'm good to go uh, this week. What Wait a second. If you're doing Kona in th- two weeks? Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's three weeks away. Well, you're qualifying there, aren't you? No, no. Oh, no, next no, year. No. Oh, in New no. Zealand. I mean, yeah. in New Zealand. In New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have I got on this week, Bevan? What have you got on this week, Bevan? Um, oh, what was that? I don't know, my Mac makes a funny noise now. I've got to change it. Tomorrow, I've got the Canterbury Schools. It's telling me I've got the Canterbury Schools duathlon champs at Ruapuna. I've got to manage about 750 kids. Well, I don't manage too much. Do you pay through that? Just a little bit, not much. <laughs> Just to help out and get it all set up, make sure it runs smoothly. And just got to hunker down and get sorted and make sure life just trucks on. If you're Kitties have been sick. That's oh, that's Tommy what you're was home from school yesterday. Oh, you finally, so you finally go back to school Friday. and they're back. Oh dear. Yeah. Why, why, no. How old's Tommy now? Six. Is he like in school? Yeah, he's all right. Yep. What's the best thing about school? Uh, him not being at home. No, for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> half and puff. The half and puff. I'm gutted. I'm missing the half and puff. What's the half and puff? Half and puff is like the, the kiddies uh, cross country. They run a lap of the, the park and they've been. He's at St. Martin's, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, so they're, in, they're in training for it. They run most days and he's gone from 10th to 6th oh. to 4th. And wow. it's uh, out of the boys, our two classrooms. And so he's pretty pumped. He's, uh, he's making really good progress and telling him to pace himself. And, um, <laughs> and, and the half and path is on the day that I leave. It's about, I miss it by about an hour. Oh, no. I'm pretty gutted. He said, Dad, it's okay. Well, Mum will video it for you. Oh, good. So good. It's all good. 
Huff and Puff, that's good. Um, what else you got on this week? Nothing. 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 Neither really. I'm trying to think of what I'm doing. Let's not drag it out. Don't uh, drag it out. Not much really, John. <laughs> Watch the Crusaders going to crush the Auckland Blues this weekend. Are they? Yeah. Are they really? Hope so. Because we're a bit up and down this year, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Strong start the show, strong finish. That's the how we show. roll, guys. It's how we roll. Okay, well, we've only done an hour 35 this week. Oh, no, hour 45. That's fine. Well, we're kind of okay two hours that. nowadays. I'm okay with that. It's my favourite podcast when I see them. I like to see them longer. So hopefully, we're people's favourite podcast. Hopefully. John's over it. Yep, I'm over it's it. It's time to go. Breakfast time. Have you not eaten? I ate beforehand. Yeah. Of my shake. Lucky for some. I've got to make the big journey up the hill. Oh, that's right. On your car. Yeah. Right, let's do it. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.